listening to the Blood Podcast. Music and more with Bushy and Metal Mike. Sit back, crack open a cold breeze, break out your step, light it all in. While we do our retrospective views and discussions of all things music, food, and entertainment. Dip your Metal Mike, Metal Towns. So without further ado, here's Bushy and Metal Mike. All right, that's right. You are listening to the Plug Podcast. Music and more. I am your host, Bushy. And with me as always, the other host, not the co-host, my sidekick, the other host, my brother from another mother. Metal Mike, how you doing? I'm doing okay, man. You know, um, just busy being Mike, honestly. And a lot, uh, there's been a lot that's been going on, but um, yeah, not you know. I'm, nothing I'm going to complain about. Let's just put it that way. Right. Well, it wouldn't do any fucking good if, it, if I did anyway. And, uh, that's and, a stone cold fact. And 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 uh, you know, there's a lot of other people going through a lot more serious shit than I am right now. So, it's, well, it'll be all good. But still, we've been talking to the listeners a lot about the debacle at the home uh, where you're trying to get that building torn down. Where, where are we there? Okay. Uh, good question, man. Uh, well, here's okay. You asked for it, so here it goes. I'm still in the process of doing that. They've gotten most of the metal. All that's left now is the frame, but here was the conundrum. I'd rented a dumpster, and it cost me like $550 to do so. Right. And I... And, and, and the job ended up, because the guys who were doing it, their water main blew, so they had to fix that, which put them a few days behind. I mean, you got to take care of your goddamn water main, right? You know, sure. what am I going to do? And they're, and they're doing this. I wouldn't say they're doing it for free, because they're getting the scrap metal and the wiring and all that out of it. And I think even the metal part of the frame. But, um, so I called the dumpster and people and said hey man i'm gonna need it a few days longer if i have to pay extra that's fine the lady on the phone was very sweet said don't worry about paying extra just let us know when you need us to come pick it up i said okay cool well somebody fucking got their communications mixed up because they picked up the dumpster and it was only half full oh shit. next thing i know i have the guys that are you know they're calling me going mike what what happened to the dumpster i'm like what are you talking about i told them and they're like dude it's gone and we can't really do anything until we get another dumpster. So I'm like, you got to be fucking kidding me, man. I mean, this fucking Melville home, Bushy, has nickeled and dimed me to death from the day I moved in. And it's still nickeling and diming me to death. Oh, so I fuck. call these people, right? And they're just complete assholes about it. Because I didn't remember the name of the lady I talked to. It was almost... And, and the one gal, I felt bad for her because I'm getting pissed. And I'm trying my best not to take it out on her because ain't her fucking fault because i know she wasn't the lady i talked to she's got bosses i mean it's ironic because i had the one dumpster that was left in my fucking yard for over almost a year wow took me to fucking threaten them with a lawsuit to get rid of that cocksucker now i got (laughs) motherfuckers getting the goddamn dumpster too fucking soon (laughs) and you certainly can't call them back to get the one back can you (laughs) no and the other ones were just they wouldn't they were not budging they i'm like but you guys you told me didn't matter. You're going to have to run another dumpster. And I was like, well, I'll tell you what. I'm going to rent another dumpster, but I'm not renting it from you cock knockers. Oh, and I kept boy. telling the lady on the phone, I'm sorry, honey. I know it's not your fault. I'm not trying to be a dick. I'm really not, man. I go, but this is fucking bullshit. And you can tell them from me that your bosses, they're a bunch of fucking scumbags. 
And I went and wrote a bunch of fucking bad reviews on them and everything. Because that's just shitty, dude. Yeah, that's, that's just fucking shitty. I mean, it's not right. It's not right, man. It's like, fucking use some common sense. Motherfucker wasn't even half full. Uh, yeah, you that's know, insane. Like, you know, what the fuck? So then I've had to rent another dumpster from another company. And they just delivered that today. So I'm getting all that taken care of. Um, but yeah, it's like, man, I just... Again, I don't want to, oh, woe is me, but I do seem to have, like, really fucked up luck. Like, my dad says, son, I don't know anybody else that this kind of weird shit happens to. I mean, it happens to us as the Tyler clan, but we get we got really weird fucking luck. It's just <laughs> weird, you know? Well, like, uh... weird shit happens. I mean, you do know, dude, that, like, I don't know if I ever told you, but when I used to do stand-up, one of the things I used to talk about, and these were all, this really did happen to me. I got into these car wrecks. I used to have this 94. It was brand new at the time when I got it. Dodge, aqua blue Dodge Shadow, which was kind of, looked like an Easter egg, really, the color of it did. Right. You know, those Easter eggs, you know, yeah, really weird color. This poor fucking car got blasted like five times, dude. And every time, bro, it was no normal circumstances. The first time, the first time I got hit by fucking two midget chicks. I shit you not, they were lowriders, okay? Oh, wow. Yeah, I was at a fucking dead stop. They hit me from behind. I come out of the car all pissed off at first. I'm like, you know, I got my Sabbath into the void cranking. They can't reach the brakes, dude. But yeah, right. So, right. So, you know, I, I get out like, I'm about, like, what the fuck, man? I'm in a dead stop. It's not like I slammed the brakes on you. That I could understand, you know? Right. So I'm about ready to give her a piece of my mind. And she comes out of the car, dude. And she's a little person. And I'm thinking at the time, and this is like before punk, but I'm thinking, are you fucking with me? Like, is this a, is this a practical joke? Like, I just froze. I didn't know what to say. Okay? And she's all like, oh, I'm so sorry. I didn't even see you. You're okay? Now, the evil devil on my left shoulder was like, well, maybe if you got a fucking booster seat, you would have. <laughs> right? So, you are, know, we, are we allowed to say know, that? But, yeah. So I, I was like, I'm fine. And she gave me her uh, name and address. I'll never forget her name. Even her name didn't sound real. Gail Giberson. That was her name. Nice. She gave me her insurance. I mean, she was a really sweet lady, but even her her little buddy was a little person, too. And I'm going, what the fuck next? Am I going to get hit by a fucking car with clowns and clowns just keep coming out and out and out like they do at the circus? Like, this is fucking bizarre. I even had the cops talking to their little fucking walkie-talkie. Earl, you gotta get a hold of this shit. This guy got fucking blasted by midgets. I mean, it was so fucking surreal. <laughs> and my whole point when I did my stand-up is who the fuck else gets hit by midgets? Like, I don't know anyone ever that's like, man, Mike, I feel your pain. The same thing happened to me the other day. No. No, that's what I'm talking about when I'm talking about Tyler Luck. After that, I got hit by a drunk snowmobiler. Good Lord. Yeah. Pulling in my own driveway. And this was like a week after my fiance broke up with me. Wow. Oh, dude, I tell you what, I uh, I know a little thing about bad luck. I remember my memo saying that Atchison's were cursed. <laughs> were cursed. <laughs> right? Because... And you do seem to have bad luck. I'll, I'll have, a, I mean, I'll you have, have a couple. some fucked up things happen to you where I'm going, what the? Dude, I'm telling you, I'll have a couple good year run and then it all comes crashing down on me. As a lot of you out there know, uh, my living situation isn't the best, but I have a roof over my head and that's as far as I'm going to go publicly. But let's just say that uh, as of May, it's been real fucking tough. Uh, Almost didn't make it to Rockin' Pod. There's all kinds of bad shit. 
Um, my, my dad has been sick. I think I've talked about it here, the, you know, hep uh, hepatic encephalopathy. Um, uh, basically a kind of cirrhosis of the liver brought on by his diabetes. And, uh, boy, let me tell you what, that just went downhill quick. I'm sure as we're recording this, because I've had so many responses on Facebook. I, I haven't been on Facebook much, but I have been seeing the love. Uh, my, my father passed away last night. It was so quick, Mike. Last time we talked, I had told you I had talked to my dad. Uh, it, it was in the last episode. You know, I talked to my dad. It was a good conversation. You know, everything was great. Uh, but, you know, the ammonia levels build up in his blood, and uh, it, it acts almost like Alzheimer's dementia. Well, yeah. uh, to add to all this misery that's happened here in the last couple of weeks, I lost my job at the other plant because I don't have a car anymore. And my ride decided that they weren't going to pick me up uh, last, not last Wednesday, because I just worked last week. So the Wednesday before. Uh, at 4 o'clock at night, I get a text message. I'm not going to make it. I'm so sick. Well, and that's fine. I get that. It's not your job to get me to work. But motherfucker, let a motherfucker know. Here's the problem. When I had the issues with my car, plus having to take a day for Rockapod, I had exhausted almost all my points because we had a point-based system. Mm. Me not being able to get to work that day, that was my last point. I was no longer employed. The good news is I went into a place that Friday, filled out an application, talked to the owner of the plant, because it's another factory, but it's a private-owned company. Mm. Um, it's, it's less money. Uh, right now, it's a lot less money. Uh, after 90 days, it's only a couple dollars less than what I was making. Mm. Uh, but I got to get through that 90 days. And this guy, as cool as he is, uh, he's a Vietnam veteran. He's a combat medic. We have that in common. It's awesome. He does not like you to miss work. Well, I came in Monday for a second interview. And second interviews, you know you have the job. That's just how mm -hmm. that shit goes. So I started Tuesday. So thank God. I <laughs> Apparently, I stopped on Tuesday because that was the last day I worked. And then back to work Tuesday. So I was only out of work for a week. Downside, because I had used some vacation time to go to Rocket Pod, as well as that one point, I had to pay my vacation time back. So they took those 16 hours that I worked back. So I got no fucking paycheck last week. Jesus. Uh, what was it? Uh, I believe it was Wednesday, my second day at work. My sister's calling me because she thought I had to be at work uh, later than I did. Uh, that's the only good side is I'm on days now. I work 8 to 4.30 Monday to Friday now, which is glorious. But my sister tells me, Nate, uh, it's bad. It's bad. He's only mumbling. And I'm like, oh, wait, what? I just talked to the man a week ago. Well, he was only mumbling. So I had, you know, I had to walk outside the building. And, uh, you know, I had her put the phone up to the ear. I got to hear his voice. And I basically said my goodbyes. And then it was just a, just a waiting game. You know, just a waiting game. And then uh, yesterday while I was at work, my sister had sent me a text that his lungs were filling up. They can't get a blood pressure on him. And he's, his temperature is at 100.5. Uh, he's having a lot of trouble breathing. At uh, 11 minutes after 7 o'clock last night, I got the phone call. Now, why am I on the air today? Well, frankly, it's the only fucking thing that's keeping me sane. Uh, I want to give a big shout out to uh, Baco and LC. I know we haven't talked. But the Cobras and Fire podcast has kept me going. I want to give a shout out to uh, Joshua Toomey. 
uh, because the Talk To Me podcast has kept me going. I want to give a shout out to Ralph and Ian, uh, Ralph Yer, Ian Wadley, Rock and Metal Combat podcast because it's kept me going. Chris, uh, <coughs> excuse me, Chris Sinzak, Aaron Camaro, Decibel Geek. You've kept me going. And yes, even Freeform Rock Podcast, uh, Mark Taylor and uh, Lee Gersman, because you've kept me going. These podcasts have kept my mind off of the bad. They've kept my mind off the inevitable. And they've kept me smiling at work and going. So to those shows, I want to say a big thank you. And a lot of those guys are my friends anyway. But uh, you've helped me more than you know in this past week. And I really, really want to thank you guys for that. That's awesome, brother. That's awesome, man. Uh, um, I wish I could say. Oh, go ahead. Go ahead. Well, I was going to say. Let me let me add to my bad luck. So I want to keep this as jovial as I can. Um, <laughs> if we want to talk about bad luck, so I'm trying to get to fucking Virginia because I like to go to my dad's services, even though I have absolutely no desire to go to this. Um, uh, call the uh, the enterprise, the same enterprise that I use every time I go out of state. They have no vehicles available tomorrow. None. Uh, I call, we get a hold of a car dealership in Boone, which is the same place as the Enterprise. And they're going to rent me a car. I'm like, oh, fucking sweet. You know, my sister set it up because, like I said, I didn't get a paycheck. They took all right. my holiday pay back. So, you know, I didn't get, I didn't get any fucking money. Fucking scumbags. Go so ahead. I call them up. My sister's giving me all of her credit card information. And they're like, you'll have to have uh, your credit card. I was like, okay, here's the thing. I'm not going to have it with me because my sister's paying for this. And they like, no, we have to have a major credit card. It can't be a debit card. It can't be blah, blah, blah. You know, no you know, chime cards, nothing like that. And it's got to have your name on it. So at 9 o'clock tomorrow morning, I go to Banner Elk, North Carolina, because it's easier to rent a fucking U-Haul. A 10-foot box truck so that I can drive to Northern Virginia to attend my dad's services. And here's the fucked up part. It costs less money to just keep the U-Haul there and then drive that son of a bitch back and turn it in than it would to just one-way it. So, so I, dude, I feel you. I feel you on the bad luck. Um, I want to thank you personally for your for your text messages and your uh, your Facebook messages. I know you didn't text oh, me personally. I appreciate that, brother. You're my boy, man. I'm gonna always look out for you, man. You know, I mean, I've been, I've been. You can ask Bill. I've been worried about you because you know you post these things. I'm like, oh fuck, man. Because the thing is, I mean, I do relate to what you're going through. To a certain extent, though, because here's the difference between you and me, Bush. I still have my dad. Right. I still have one of my parents. And, you know, I mean, it is what it is. My dad basically has, uh, he found out recently, he's got what they call uh, end-stage renal disease, oh. uh, which goes into different stages. But he's got, he, you know, he's basically... Sooner or later, I mean, it's basically a death sentence. I mean, let's just be fucking honest about it. Yeah, once the kidney is shut down, that's it. Right, you know, so I I don't know how far along he is, and my dad is kind of being coy about it, Um, which I'm like, Dad, I kind of need to know, man, but I'm dreading it, dude. I mean, mean, I'll be lost without my pop, you know, like, he's my hero. He's He's my mentor. He's the guy that when shit gets heavy i go to not just when i'm in financial help which i very rarely ever tried anymore i hardly ever borrow money from him 
Right. Uh, but he's my he's my buddy. You know, he's not just my dad. He's like my best friend. So it's like I'm, I'm gonna be real. I mean, I'm, I'm not 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 that I'm not lost without my mom because that's the thing with my mom. My mom got diagnosed at the end of March, and by the beginning of May, she was gone. Right. It was that fast, you know, and it was just yeah. like. I didn't, I wasn't prepared for that. I was like, I thought I'd have at least a few more months with her. I didn't realize, I mean, I knew she was sick. Don't get me wrong, but I, I didn't, it was just so fucking fast, man. It was like before I knew it, kind of like with you and your pop, she was gone, you know? And, yeah. and, and, and the difference between you and me is at least I got to be with her. You know, I mean, having to be away, I, man, dude, I, my heart fucking goes out to you, man. I wish there was something I could say or do to make it better for you, man. Um, the only thing I can say about your pop uh, on the positive side of it is no matter what your um, your beliefs are, if you're like an agnostic like me where I'm just kind of like, yeah, I don't know about all that stuff, or whether you do believe there is some kind of an afterlife, at the end of the day, my mom, your dad, they're not suffering anymore. Exactly. You know what I mean? I mean, because that's the thing. Like, if I could have my mom back healthy and whole, I'd fucking do anything for that, just about. But I don't want her back the way she was right. when she was sick, because it was one of the hardest fucking things. Aside from having my nephew committed, it's one of the hardest things. Well, even harder than that. And that was fucking hard. I can imagine. Uh, you know, I can imagine. I mean, my grandmother, my mama, she... uh lasted a long time after my pawpaw died but uh man her mind wasn't there by the end it just wasn't there right. 89 she had dementia uh alzheimer's i heard alzheimer's can only be detected on autopsies so i don't know if well, that's still different the case kinds of anymore. dementia you know there's different everybody a lot of people always assume it's alzheimer's but there's alzheimer's there's different kinds there's vascular dementia there's right and then there's what your pop had where he because of the chemical imbalance, because his liver's not functioning right, boom, that causes massive confusion. Kidney yeah, it, it is crazy because you could talk to him. Yeah, yeah, because you could talk to him and, uh, you know, have a completely lucid conversation, but then you get in phone calls that, you know, he got up and came out of the bedroom asking where the kids were. Well, me and Amy oh, haven't yeah. lived oh, at yeah. home in a long time. Uh, Ellie did break my heart, my stepmother. I did have to, you know, I had to call her and talk to her. Which was difficult. And uh, she had heard him uh, maybe Sunday night crying out for his mom. And I'm like, yeah, okay. So this is... this. My is... mom did the same thing. My yeah. mom, I, she was crying and she just kept going, mommy, 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 over and over and over. Yeah. And Which was a yeah. sad, sad thing. My memo has been gone for a long time. Um, but, it, you know, it, it's the nature of the beast. I know I'm being all tough and strong here. Let me... Let me tell you what, people. Bushy has been a blubbering fucking mess for the last week, which is why I thanked those podcasts, uh, because they've really kept my mind off of things. Last night, man, ooh, rough. Uh, and then uh, I, I believe it may have been, was it Friday? I think it was Friday. I think Friday was the day that uh, maybe I had to make that call. Could have been Thursday. Either way, I had to hold all that shit in. I work in a factory full of dudes, man. And... Uh, I don't know what it is about us as men. I, I'm a crier, okay? I, I, I fucking do it. I can't help it. But when you're in a factory full of dudes, there's like an unwritten rule. You got to keep that shit in check. So when I got home 
that night to try to talk to my daughter about what was going on because we really didn't expect him to get through the week and I was surprised for the extra day on this planet. Man, I just broke and I'm crying hysterically and I, and I can't breathe like Nevaeh had to yell at me, Dad, breathe, Dad, breathe. Because it was just it. Yeah, you're hyperventilating. Yeah. Yeah, I was in I was in bad shape. Uh, I was much better with it yesterday. Um, meaning I wasn't hyperventilating. Was I bawling my eyes out? Oh yeah, you know. But uh, you know, we're going to get through it. We're going to push on. Uh, throughout this episode, you're going to hear some songs that I've chosen for this particular show. And that's the other thing. Let me talk to you real quick about Cobras and Fire. Um. I, I like the way they edit, and yeah, Baco, I'm lifting, man. I'm lifting. <laughs> because, you know, when when this these new guidelines came out and everybody was getting kicked off of Spotify, nobody was playing music anymore. And, you know, then you got Freeform Rock. Well, they're a show like ours. Who the fuck listens? <laughs> right? But they're playing yeah, music yeah, all the time. Boy. Well, I listen to fucking uh, Baco and LC, and there's music all the way through that. Now, they only do like maybe a minute clips mm-hmm. but then i listened to fucking talk to me and he's got the entire song i'm like you know what fuck this so for this show this this show while we have a topic there's going to be a lot of music some of it you may have never heard and it's stuff that uh, i would like to consider some of my dad's favorite songs um you will hear comfortably numb in here somewhere uh, i don't know if i'll pay the whole thing because i know roger waters is a douchebag and if they find me good lord i have to punch him in his fucking mouth Just 
I remember him, remember the old 90-minute cassettes? You had 45 minutes on each side. Sure. My dad recorded a cassette. 45 minutes each side, 90-minute tape, nothing but comfortably numb. So you will hear that throughout here. I don't know where. I don't know if I'll fit it in right there when I was talking about it. But you're going to hear four or five songs um, you know, that he really enjoyed, that we grew up with in Europe, that really defined my childhood. Thank you. 
was in the year 2020 that an enormous disaster engulfed the planet Earth, destroying in just a few months what had been created in a billion years. Only a few hundred people survived, and on the artificial planet Phoenix, a new generation has waited 50 years to return to Earth. But will that be possible? tribute to my dad um he was a 20-year soldier retired army veteran sergeant first class retired
And uh, I just love you, Pop. And uh, if there is an afterlife, uh, I hope you're up there having a good time with your folks. If not, God damn it, you're at peace. I love you. Right on, brother. All right. So we are in our Uncovered Gems segment. That's what we are doing. Last time we were here doing Uncovered Gems, Metal Mike was introduced to the Warrant album, Dog Eat Dog, and he didn't hate it. He didn't love Not it. Not at all. But he didn't hate there it. Was some so- there were some tracks, though, that I really, really liked. I mean, and that's something that, that people have to understand. I never thought I would ever say that about Warrant, because I got to be honest with you. I know they have a lot of fans, and I know a lot of people love them. But it seems like people, a lot of my friends that are younger than me, I mean, I would be at parties and they would just get downright mad at me almost. Like, you're going to tell me you didn't like, and I'd have to remind them, hey, I'm older than you. You know, it's like, it's like our boys, you know, our buddies, Ralph and Ian always say, man, timeline is everything. Yes. And, you know, by the time Warwick got big, man, I was fucking all into Megadeth and all that stuff, you know, and I was just like, eh, this is, this, to me, it was just like, well, this is just what Rat and them guys were doing, but not as good not as heavy now 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 i'm not gonna sit there and say that i don't think janie and those guys weren't talented i I will never say that about any of those bands some of those guys can absolutely shred you know i I, I understand exactly what you're saying right you know well sometimes people think that just because you say you don't like something like you're you're disparaging that person's talent hey hey i can't stand bruce springsteen but i'd never say the man's not talented or anybody that i don't like you know i mean hey they're talented man i can't play fucking guitar to save my goddamn life you know what i'm saying so who the fuck am I to say, oh, well, that guy sucks as a guitar player. I'm not going to fucking say something that ignorant, you know. Oh, but, sure. uh, but uh, yeah, they just never really did it for me, you know. But, but I, I, man, Hole in the Wall, that's my fucking jam on that album. I fucking love that song, it's a dude. That song. I still, say you gotta, song man. I still say you got to check out Indian Giver. like to maybe check out you know uncovered i i've deliberately not listened to the other warrant albums after because i thought well i kind of like this one maybe we could do another one down the road if you're okay with that well here's my thing i absolutely can um but i only know the Janie lane era anything that's been oh i don't after well, him, yeah i don't know yeah, at well, all 
Well, that's fine. Yeah, that's fine. We could talk about the Janie Lane era. That's, I mean, let's be honest. He was fucking... I know this might sound weird coming from a guy who's not a fan, but it's pretty fucking obvious he was Warren. Warren well, could let me ask you this. He's you the could, main songwriter. Yeah, right? you can change guitar players. I mean, Poison did it a couple times. I mean, Blue Saracino was only in there for like on the Greatest Hits album. He did a song. But you had, uh, what was it? Richie Kotzen was in there after C.C. DeVille. You could do that. Sometimes it works. Sometimes it doesn't. I know you're not a Poison fan, but honestly, could you hear those licks being played? Without Brett Michaels singing them. It's really hard when you're taking the most iconic member of a band out. Well, that, yeah, that go, but for most bands, there's only been a few that have changed singers. And we did an episode about that yes. and, and, and was able to pull it off. It's not easy, especially when you have somebody who like, OK, I'm not a Poison fan. But again, I would be fucking stupid if I didn't recognize that Brett Michaels especially back in their heyday was beloved especially by the ladies you know what i mean like oh yeah there's no replacing that guy I, i'm sorry there's just not you know it's, it, 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 you know and also not only was brett the singer but he's one of the main songwriters of the band right so i i don't it would they wouldn't be poisoned without him okay yeah. i mean it, it's it's and it's just weird about certain bands that can do that like okay for instance man i motorhead when when they were doing their thing, Lemmy could be Motorhead without Filthy Phil and um, Fast Eddie. Right. But those guys couldn't be Motorhead without Lemmy. Exactly. See what I'm saying? Um, and it's the same with other bands that have had several you, you, lineups. You make like that argument Head. with fucking Megadeth. Uh, for, of course. Yeah. I mean, look, I love Dave Ellison. I love, I love Junior. Okay. Love me some Junior. But let's be honest, Dave Mustaine. Somebody even said, well, they may as well just call it Megadeth, Dave. I'm like, it's always been Megadeth. Yeah, it's, it's been Megadeth from the start, yeah. It's his band. He writes most of the material. It's it's his band. Just like with Rob Flynn and Machine Head, just like Kirk Winstein and Crowbar, which, of course, he's part of this little Uncovered Gym thing we're going to be doing here right. in a little bit. But yes, there are certain bands that they are the man, you know, basically. I mean, they are the man. And I definitely believe uh, in, in the case of uh, Warren, like, I, I I, mean, yeah, I'll tip my cat to him for fucking carrying the torch without him. But I'm like, now I got to ask you a question because I'm not an expert on Warren. Obviously, did J did Warren continue without Janie while Janie was still with us, or was that? I believe so. I believe really? so. Really? Uh, don't How hold... the fuck did that happen? Man? I don't I mean... know. Don't hold me to that. Well, you have to understand. A lot of times you'll have bands that get together and they need a front man, and you get something like D. Snyder that comes in and takes over all your fucking writing credits. You know what well, I mean? It wasn't yeah. it wasn't D Snyder's band, but he comes in. JJ French is like, "Huh, you got anything?" And of course, he gives him Suzette song. Oh, that's cute. You know, being a dick to him. And next thing you know, D Snyder's a maniacal beast that is just writing, 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 and you have all these fucking hits. It could be that way. I don't know because I'm not that uber familiar with the history of Warrant. Um, I know I dug the first album. It was right at eight, 1989, man. That's right in my wheelhouse. I'm about 14 oh. years old. Yep. See, you start, makes you're sense starting to, to get some pussy, you know. <laughs> that, right. Chris Rock get said it. Whatever you're listening shit. to, when you start getting laid, is going to be your favorite music ever. <laughs> and that I makes think, sense. I, I, I think he's got a lot of he's got a lot of right on 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 that uh, on that statement. 
I mean, yeah, the first chick I'd banged, I fucked her to shit like, well, Sabbath and you well, know the heavy stuff. There you go. You know, but I've always I was a Sabbath fan. You know, way. I mean, like I said, I was lucky when it came to music. I've said this before. I had my older brother, and then I had my older, you know, my older cousin and my mentor across the street. Without those, I, who knows? I might have just ended up being a kiss tart or kiss twat, as Ralph Vieira called it. That is the new you word. Know, you know, yeah. I mean, but uh, and I still love Kiss. I mean, look, man, people got to remember that they're a very, very important band to me because they're my gateway band. Without Kiss. You know, I don't know what happens. I might have been New Wave Mike instead of Metal Mike. Who fucking knows? Who you knows, know? right? You know, right? That's like so. even my dad liked Black Sabbath. He had two Black Sabbath records in his collection. And they couldn't be more opposite. They could not be more opposite. Well, wasn't had, one of them more Born Again? He That's what I was going to say. He had Paranoid. I love that album. And Born Again.
<laughs> yeah, those are different, man. Those I are mean, the only two Sabbath albums he had, and they couldn't be more fucking different. Right. Well, that's why I always say, uh, I forget who it was I said this to the other day, but I was like, to me, 1983 was a special year because being that I I was, even at that age, such a big Sabbath freak, it's like, okay, we got we got Ozzy's Bark at the Moon, right. then Ian Gillen joins Sabbath, and you get born again. Even though at the time when they were writing and recording and Right before the album came out, they, they were going to call the band Born Again as well. But it's still, to me, that's part of the Sabbath family tree, no matter what they call it. You know what I'm saying? Sure. But you got that album, which I love that record. I know some people want to hate on it. Uh, cough, cough, Mr. Sinzak. I love you, Chris, but you're wrong. You're wrong. No, there is no I forget right. what show I was listening to. It's one of those multiple shows. But it was definitely down to Cobras and Fire and Decibel Geek. But one of them would say they just did not like the Ian Gillen era. They do not like. It was Chris. Okay, he it must just be that Sinzak. recently. Was it the one where they were talking about having different producers on different records? Yes. Okay. Yes, that's the great one. episode, by the way, guys. Yes, it was. Uh, uh, Chris, Aaron, I really enjoyed that episode myself. So kudos to you guys. But what I was going to say is, you got you got you know. Um, I mean, I I love that album. And then he had deal with Holy Diver, bro. Are you fucking kidding me, man? I was so like. Oh, it's good to be a Sabbath fan. You know what I mean? Sure. Like, all three of those records are fucking stone cold classics, as far as I'm concerned. You know, oh, and they were a big. Uh, even though I, I I I know Born Again, I think went gold. It did okay, uh, but that's an album that seems like over the years has just gotten a lot more reverence and and respect and love. Uh, I don't know if you know this, buddy. I only just found the master tapes, and he's actually thinking about remastering and remixing the album because a lot of people do complain about the production on that album, they and do. it is a very muddy production. It is. Yeah. There's no doubt about that. But I've always been able to be one of those people that usually can look past production. To me, a good song's a good. Okay, for example, I'm not a huge fan of the production on Ultimate Sin, but goddamn, man, some of them songs. I, production be damned they're killer songs you know what i mean like yeah it's it's kind of glossy and it's it's very um um uh, what's the word i'm looking for it is it's very glossy shiny production but yeah but i see i love that see yeah but but again that's your wheelhouse so i get that you know um that's like that's like one day we'll do a turbo talk because i'll make Uh everybody mags i think it's a fucking brilliant album hey more power to you. You know, me and Scott Green used to go around on that, round around. You go, man, God, here's my first priest album. Number one, sorry about your bad luck. Number two, um, but again, I get it. I get it, man. There's people that their first Ozzy was Ultimate Sin. So I understand. And I don't think it's a bad record by any stretch of the imagination. I mean, because I, my ex and I, we went to see Ozzy on the screen tour. And one of the reasons I loved that tour as much as I did, Bushy, is Ozzy did a lot of deep tracks, songs I never heard him perform live. He did Fire in the Sky and Killer of Giants live, really? dude. Really? With Gus G on guitar. It was fucking amazing. That's, Those that's, songs rule, you know? So That's yeah, the coolest I, thing I have ever heard about an Ozzy yeah, concert. Yeah, he did. He did a lot of deep tracks. He did shit that you just didn't see Ozzy play. And I'm like, that's really cool. I wish he would have done more of that, you know, because, dude, I never thought I'd ever see hear Fire in the Sky and fucking Killer of Giants live. I know, ever. right? And he even said when he announced it, I've never done these fucking songs before this tour. You know, and I was like, Ozzy, you rule. And uh, 
you know, and he and he did a great job. Like his voice was still pretty strong at that point in time. Because fuck, I mean, it's been 10, 11 years ago now. Right. Um, you know, but yeah, it was it, it was great. Hell, the last time I saw Ozzy, I thought he sounded pretty good. I mean, is he anybody that expects Ozzy to be what he was in circa 1981 or in the 70s with Sabbath? Get the fuck out of here with that bullshit. But the one thing I will say that's interesting is recently I just seen um, the Dead Daisies with uh, Glenn Hughes, right? Right. And they he did um, he did uh, mistreated, which is of course a song that he did with David Coverdale in the in the Mark III version of Deep Purple. Which, by the way, I almost love that version of Purple almost as much as I do Mark II. Like it's right there. He did, but he was singing both parts. He was doing the Coverdale and his own, and wow. fucking nailing it. The man is seventy years old. Bush, just go on go on the Metal Mike Facebook group page and fucking. Watch that video. You will be blown away by, I mean, dude, the guy still has it. And I met John Jameson after the show. As you know, we interviewed him. Right, right. Uh, I saw I that picture. That's badass. Oh, yeah. He even, he signed a thing, said, DJ Metal Mike, keep on podding. Nice. John oh, yeah. Great guy. He remembered me. So that was cool. Sweet. And we talked, and he even said, because he was talking about how you got guys like Coverdale and Paul Stanley that, that really made an effort to take care of their voice and hear they're struggling. And you got a guy like Glenn who, like Ozzy, probably, I'm surprised there's any cocaine left in Colombia. Those guys did so much coke and, and did so many drugs, you know. And right. yet Ozzy can still do it at a pretty good level, not like he was. But Glenn, Dude, you'd never know. Like, I'm telling you, Bushy, you close your eyes, you'd think it was Glenn in his prime scene, and, and I'm not bullshitting you. It was me and Bildo were blown the fuck away. Like, nice. I was, and that's what's funny. I always liked Glenn Hughes, and I was always a fan, but as I've gotten older, and and, and after hearing, you know, Black Country Communion, and, 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 and now he's, you know, pretty much kind of taking over the Dead Daisies. God damn it. Glenn Hughes fucking rules. And the, the Dead Daisies are an anomaly because. I forget who the first singer was. He was an Australian guy. Dude, he was amazing. Mm -hmm. I, I was actually upset because I got to see them. Uh, Nevaeh's first mm -hmm. concert was the Dead Daisies, Def Leppard, and Kiss. Okay, and the Dead Daisies blew me the fuck off the stage. They were, they were amazing. amazing. Yeah, then, the version I saw was amazing, too. Well, then, then you got John Karabi coming in. And I'm like, well, holy fuck, you're, you're definitely not downgrading here. No. Even though I was mad he got rid of, rid of that young kid because he, he didn't look like he was very old, maybe in his 30s. This blonde Australian guy. I can't remember who the hell he was. He's the one that did the first album with him. Right. But if you listen from album to album, the Karabi stuff to that guy, it's like, oh, fuck, I, I can't tell the difference because we know how good Karabi is. And Glenn Hughes, come on, dude. Oh, that's dude, a, that new that's album a band. They're like, you know what? If we're going to change singers, let's do a fucking right. <laughs> Well, you know what the deal is, the the, the, the uh, bass player, it's his band, basically, dude. He's this, um, he's a musician, but he makes most of his money in real estate. He's like a real estate entrepreneur. He's a multimillionaire. Okay. So basically, the Dead Daisies is him going, you know what, I want to jam with this guy, and I want to jam with that guy, and he, he basically forms a super group. Like, this lineup right now is, is Glenn Hughes, Doug Aldrich, which, man, that motherfucker can play which i knew he was good because he was in a white snake for a while right and then you got tommy kluftotis ozzy's fucking drummer are oh, you fucking kidding me man you know oh, i mean shit. dude 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 they were awesome man they were fucking and, and the thing is is like 
the guy told Don Jameson, no disrespect to Karabi, but he found a guy that, I mean, in my opinion, and I like John. I'm going to throw that out there. Glenn Hughes is almost an upgrade, really. Because well, that's what I'm saying. Every time they've switched a singer, it, it hasn't been, been a bad idea. He's like, well, this is good. This is better. Ooh, this is good, but this right. is better. What the and fuck is he going to do next time? I don't know. Because, I mean, Glenn Hughes, dude, like, he just, whatever project he's involved with, his fingerprints are all over it. You know what I mean? His musical fingerprints are all over it. I mean, you can just, the minute you hear Glenn, you know who it is. You know what I mean? And the guy's a phenomenal bass player. I mean, I, I fucked up. The guy who um, well, yeah, Glenn does that. play bass. It, it's the other guitar player. It's the rhythm guitar player, man. That that dude, which I'm drawing a blank on. Who Isn't the that fuck the guy is from Guns N' Roses? Is it Dizzy Reed? That's no, that's the keyboard player. But see, uh, you're, God damn it, you're going down the right fucking road because I'm telling you, it's a Guns N' Roses guitar player. And I don't know if he's still with them, but he has been for a while. And I can't remember his name either. And, and I'm not trying to look it up. It's not that important to me. Yeah, well, it is to me, goddammit. David Lowey, or Lowey, L-O-W-Y. Okay. That's not him. He is the dude who, it's his band, basically. Essentially, okay. it really is. And yeah, here's there was the a guy before men. that, um, it was John Forsyth or some shit like that. Whoever it was that played Aldrich. on Chinese Democracy. You got Doug Aldrich, Glenn Hughes, David La- David Lowey, or Lowy, and then Tommy Clutoftus or Cluftus or however the fuck you pronounce your name. I'm sorry. Tommy Clitoris. Tommy Clitoris. Yeah. Okay, and then you got past members: Alan Mansfield, John Stevens, Frank Ferrer, Jim Hilbin, Daryl Jones, Charlie Drayton, John Tempesta, Bernard Fowler, Dizzy Reed, Richard Fortas, Brian Tichy. Fortas. That's it. Richard Fortas played with Guns N' Roses. John Carabi, Dean Castronavo, Gib. Gilby Clark, Eric Van Wolf. I mean, Jesus Christ, dude. Like, Holy really? Fuck. Yeah. What is this? USA for Africa or Live Aid? Whatever it is. We're stars. Yeah. I, <laughs> yeah, pretty, pretty fucking crazy. I mean, I'm, that's pretty badass. But the reason we're here is we're going to do the Uncovered Gems. This is going to be a series that we will be doing periodically. Now, you actually sent me this album, fuck, a couple months ago. Whatever it was, we did the last episode. Mm-hmm. And I promised you I would not listen to it until it was time to do this episode. Now, look, I, I, I've got to be honest. I tried listening to it the other day. And I was not in the mindset to listen to this. Man, I, I kept walking out of the house. I'm like, oh, this fucking sucks. My, my mind wasn't right. I think I just... Just well, you've been re- going through a lot, bro. Well, that's the thing. I just come to the realization, okay, that this is absolutely the end and all my putting it off and everything is, is that that's just how it is. So I just wasn't into it. And I don't think I had it cranked loud enough. So I got a hold of you yesterday. Cause, was it yesterday or Sunday? Well, we were originally going to record Sunday afternoon. And then you were just like, I can't do it today, dude. Yada, yada, yada. Right. Um, but I'm, I'm working days now, so is there any days you're off during the week? And I'm like, oh, yeah, that's cool. We'll just that's do Tuesday. Right. Okay. I got the tr- Thrash Bash tonight, which before too long, the Thrash Bash will actually be on at an earlier time because I know you and Sarah are trading days, right? Okay. When I can come back, yeah, she's going to let you're me You're going to be doing Saturday morning, and she's going to take your Wednesday, right? Yeah, this chick's, look, she did all this work to not do Monday, Wednesday, Friday. She's going back to Monday, Wednesday, Friday. Well, you got to remember, no, so, though. No, she's doing 
Yeah, Monday, yeah, Wednesday, Monday, Friday. Yeah, yeah, she's going back to her old slot because, and she can now because the kids are in school. At the time, right. she was having to school the kids. That's right. We had Corona pandemic. Right. So then, you know, and 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 OCD is going to be taking the Fridays, the slot before mine, which I do believe is from five to eight p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Uh, so I'll be coming on. It's, it's you know my Friday slot. He's going to be OCD switching to that time. Nice. I've been doing a late night Tuesday night thrash bash show that starts at 10 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Well, now I'm on, on October 26th. I'm going to be bumping up from nice. 8 p.m. to 11 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. That is at thatmetalstation.com. Exactly. Yeah. I had um, to go. Yeah. I had to. Go, I had to go into Radio Bushy real quick. Dude, you had to, and I'm so glad you did because you know, yeah, we're always going to pimp the fucking station out. Like, hey, that's great that you guys listen to this podcast and we love it. But man, make sure you check out our DJs at TMS because thatmetalstation.com.com is the best fucking internet radio station there. Oh, Period. Yeah. I mean, we got Doctor Fuck as a DJ. How right. badass are we? And you All got right? Bushy when he comes back. That's even better. Exactly. Except, well, I don't know. That's garbage. It's pretty fucking off. Shots fired, bitch. You, you are, you are. Hey, you know, you know this. I, I told you this. about that. Whatever t- slot you needed to take, we would find, we would figure something out, and I'm glad that we were able to. Absolutely. You're not going anywhere, dude. Because Sarah's, Sarah's a stone cold queen pimp. I will tell you this: you will not find a more eclectic show than mine. No, no, no fucking way. But the reason we're doing this is, uh. As I was saying earlier, because we always get sidetracked because we like to fucking talk. Yes, and you know sir. what that is, Mike, is we need to talk more off air. We need to, we need yes. to call or something because we, we talk. Yeah. <laughs> Way too much. I know no, you're we're doing this uncovered right gems. Like, God damn it, I'm going to have to fucking edit all this shit out. <laughs> oh, dude, you have no idea. I can't wait till you learn. <laughs> well, damn. I'm, I mean, I'm getting better. But anyway, go ahead. But no, uh, we decided we were going to do this Uncovered Gems thing. And uh, your suggestion to me, and I know it's going to come as sacrilege to the metal community. I don't know this fucking record. I tried it the other day. I thought it was fucking horrible. Like, I was like, fuck, this is going to be horrible. You'll just try to do the review in itself because I was going to be shitting all over your music. Let me tell you, on second listen yesterday and today, my feelings have changed. I did my notes Today, I actually finished up the last three songs about 30 minutes before we came on air. Um, we're doing the uh, September 19th, 1995 release, Down, NOLA. Yes, I never heard them. This is Phil Anselmo, vocals, Pepper Keenan. Who's he play with, COC or something? I don't know who to Congrosion play and conf- Yeah, Congrosion and Conformity. Okay, Kirk Winstein, uh, guitars. He actually played bass on the record. Although Todd Strange gets the bass uh, credit on the record. And then it seems like Todd Strange is actually a touring bass player. I don't know. Fucking drama. And then Jimmy Bauer on drums. I don't know who any of these fucking people well, are except for Phil Anselmo. Okay. And I'll, I'll explain all that to you well, in a minute. Well, but th- explain away, bitch. All right, bitch. <laughs> Cheap bitch. Fuck you, bushy. Now, anyway. Um, Hi. Hey. Yahoo. <laughs> Hooker the bow. Okay, fucking poser. Don't know what fucking down is or who these people are. No, okay. Anyway. Oh, um, I'm going to have a whole episode on fucking posers. I'm so sick of hearing that fucking word. Oh. All my best friends, my people that I love dearly, I want to slap them right in the fucking face. Yeah, I said it, Dr. Fuck. Oh, <laughs> I'm yeah. sick of hearing Whoa, about dude. I'm sick of hearing about posers. Slap. I'm oh, not oh, a poser. Oh. I like metal, but I also like Millie Vanilli. Fuck you. <laughs> I it think that fart. makes... That makes me unposer because I admit it. 
Yeah, 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 yeah. I agree with that. I would agree with that. I mean, it's like, and I, like and I'm kidding. Like. I'm kidding, Ralph. You're old. I don't want to hurt you. Who? <laughs> no, I love that no, I love that We guy. all love We all He's, love him. I'm going to get wow. blocked. He's going to start calling me fucking corn dog Taylor and fucking block me. <laughs> That's fucked up. Um, no. Uh, <laughs> Sorry, Mark. That was not a shot at you. It was, I, I was speaking in Ralph's voice. Um, <laughs> uh, no, the one thing I was going to uh, say is a while back, I'd actually reviewed this uh, album with the, the, uh, uh, freeform rock podcast with our good friend, James West, which want to give him a shout out. Yes. Um, he had a bit of a scare a while back, had a heart attack. Um, I hope you're doing better, James. I'm going to continue sending uh, positive energy your way, brother. Uh, I'm, I will I'm glad. say he, he must be doing better because I asked him to call me that weekend uh, when all that went down. And he said, look, I'm just I'm just not feeling it. Thank you for you know your love. And I think you're cool, Bushy, blah, 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 blah. He did send me a text message today saying that he was going to try to get a hold of me today. So at least he's feeling that much better. But yeah, we love good, you, James. Good. We love you, James. Yeah. Um, I wish we had a fitting tribute to Rock and Ron. We don't. But man, we right, love you too, uh, Rock and Ron. Yeah, God. yeah, Rock and Ron. I mean, that one, man, that was rough. It was rough That's... seeing him like that, you know. And I wasn't like super close to Ron. I knew who he was. I was Facebook friends with him. Right. But um, but man, that was that was rough, you know. But I mean. Hey, you know, a uh, big part of the Decibel Geek family and, um, yeah, it, 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 and, and to the podcasting community, man, it, that, oh, that yeah. one hurts. That one hurts uh, a yeah, lot. That, you know. Yeah, that one's rough. It hurt for me a lot because uh, I met Ron at the first uh, Rock and Pod, um, Facebook friends, of course, and uh, follow everything he does. I love that guy. And, dude, I was involved in the telethon. You know, I don't know if you saw the video. Yeah, now I donated to it, but I couldn't be part of it. I had to work that night, so I missed it, which sucked. Right. See, that's the good thing about being a uh, you know weekends off. I was I was able to be part of that. Yeah. And uh, man, to wake up the next day and get that news was just fucking devastating. I know. And, I, and, I, and I'll tell you what, that Monday I find out that um, a friend of mine, uh, she's from Louisiana. Not the New Orleans area. She's not in the metro area at all. But I she saw died that. from COVID. It's like, fuck me, dude. I'm done. I'm over it. And then, of course, this thing pops up. Yeah. So let's just remember our loved ones. And uh, let's get into this fucking album before Bushy starts getting sad because I'm drinking a couple beers. I got to leave it now. All right. Morning. <laughs> all right. Cool. Um, but anyway, you were wanting to know who was who in the band. I can I can uh, break that down for you. For one, Downs had several different lineups. Like later on down the line, Rex Brown uh, Pantera, of Pantera huh? took over on bass. Because Todd, by that point in time, had left Crowbar. But yeah, the official lineup for this particular album was, of course, Phil Ensemble, vocals. Uh, Pepper Keenan, who's the vocalist and guitar player, um, from Corrosion of Conformity, um, which I love that band. Big Seal. See, I was really anticipating this record when it came out because I was a fan of all these guys. I'm a huge Crowbar fan. Love Pantera, obviously. Corrosion of Conformity, the same thing for me. Um, and, 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 and I loved Crowbar. The only band I wasn't really super familiar with at the time um, was uh, I Hate God, which is spelled with an I, e, yeah. eyeball, like yeah. eyeball. Yeah, I E-Y-E. Yeah, and... Um, 
uh, yeah, uh, and, 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 and Jimmy Bauer actually plays guitar in that band. I mean, that guy, he's so talented. He's like a multi-instrumentalist. He's the drummer on this. And, uh, so I had known about down before it came out, not knowing for sure what to expect. I wasn't expect. I mean, cause I'm like, wow, is it going to be, and it, it, to me, it's, it's, it's definitely new Orleans or, you know, Louisiana sludge metal, you know, which I hate God is part of that scene. Crowbar is a part of that whole um, scene. And uh, I, I love that stuff, man. Well, I know uh, Ian knows where Pepper Keenan's bar is in, or- yes, in uh, New Orleans. Yes. So. yes. So, yeah. And I, I mean, uh, yeah, I love, uh, especially when Pepper became part of the band because he, he's, he is from New Orleans. The other guys and, and, Excuse me, COC are from South Carolina, I do believe. And um, well, nice they, to see the South has some fucking metal coming out of it. It's not just Jesse oh, yeah. James Dupree yeah, because and, 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 I hear so right. much hillbilly noise up here. Oh, I'm sure. I'm sure. I'm pretty sure it's, it might be North Carolina, but I'm pretty sure they're South Carolina. I, you know, I, I'm not going to take the time to look it up, but I know it's in the Carolinas. I know that's right. where they're from. And and when COC first started out, man, they were actually more of a hardcore band, and then they kind of became a crossover thrash band. And then eventually once Pepper joined them, cause he joined them on the blind album. Um, and then, and he did the song that was really their big, big song from that album, which was called vote with the bullet, which I still, is, it's a, it's a staple. They play it live every show and it's a fucking amazing song. See my then, COC experience comes from those old concrete corner CDs. Ah, when, I, okay. when I would go to my local record store and the, uh, Late 90s. What I was going to say, though, is I remember waiting for this album because I used to buy all the metal magazines and Phil had mentioned it. And hey, it's this project that we're doing with my homeboys and because every one of these guys is from New Orleans. So it was like and, and you know, that's kind of what happened. Um, the album came out and, you know, fucking spoiler. I loved it. Oh, look um, at that. Nola. Yeah. New Orleans. And that's yes, clever. Very not pick up on that. I know, right? Um, so anyway, do you want to get started on the let's album get, review? Yeah, let's okay, get so, into this Okay, so before I tell you who everybody was, so Pepper from Crozier Conformity, Kirk, lead singer, main guitarist, and songwriter of Crowbar. Now, Todd gets credit. I've heard different things. I heard he's on the album. I've heard he's on an album with a few tracks. And then Kirk, I don't know. But he was officially the member of, of, a uh, member of Down. And then the way course, I read it, and now granted, this is Wikipedia. <laughs> right. Todd Strange has writing credits. He actually wrote some songs, but didn't play, but did tour. I don't know. Yeah, and then, of course, Hookers uh, and Jimmy Bauer was the drummer. So uh, if you want, you want me to kick it off, or do you want to kick it off? Yeah, go on to Temptations Wings. Let's see what's up. All right, man. Uh, first of all, I just want to say about the whole album, as far as I'm concerned, is it just a total riffgasm? You know, if you're if you're into Black Sabbath, you're going to like this band, I think. And and one of the things I always thought was interesting about Down is to me, this was like Black Sabbath, almost like meeting Leonard Skinner, because there's definitely a southern sound to this. This isn't just your straightforward like doom metal or stoner metal. This is fucking New Orleans sludge metal. And they do cite Leonard Skinner as an influence as well. So with that, that being said, that's number funny. One, I don't get that feeling till later on in the record. But yeah, go ahead. OK. Track one, Temptations Wing, uh, written by Phil and Pepper, starts right off with a really cool drum countdown that initially goes into a sabalicious riff that would make the great Tony Iommi proud. The chemistry of this band is apparent right from the get-go. These are amazing musicians who've honed their craft with their own individual bands, and this track is 
is a testimonial to that, that these guys were on the top of their game at this point in time. Great riffs provided by Pepper and Kirk, a thundering rhythm section consisting of Todd Strange and Jimmy Bauer. This track is just the beginning of what I call Darkness Without Pain. It's fucking phenomenal. I love the riff at the very end of the track. It's a perfect, perfect opening track, in my opinion. What say you, Bush? <laughs> I say that I listen to the same fucking record. Uh, the guitars are super crunchy. I dig it from the start. Uh, Phil's almost roaming into a screamo type of vocal, but he's definitely in top form. Uh, that little guitar break kind of feels weird to me, though. Mm -hmm. The tempo change at the guitar solo, it doesn't do it for me. Oh. Uh, but it's well-written. Mm -hmm. uh, and, I, and I come into this a lot it's like oh I don't really dig that but man boy they did it well mm -hmm. I enjoy how it transitions into the chorus with that upbeat tempo mm -hmm. and it has a wicked strong finish it's not bad but I'm telling you if this was a song that said hey check this band out I wouldn't have checked them out wow alright All right. two is a lifer now, I like this one a lot more. That, that riff is sick, and those drums are just fucking pounding. It's such a thick sound. Uh, there's this wicked fucking break in there. It's just off the chain, and Phil screaming, live heart. Dude, that's just insane. And I, and I guess, apparently, that takes the place of any kind of fucking guitar solo in this song. Because whatever that shit is at the end of the song is just fucking weird. I don't even know how to rate the song. All right. Lifer, written by Phil and Pepper. Killer intro that's just completely riftastic. This song, what and I, what I love about it, it's a great song. Pretty much, I'm not going to belabor the point. I'm pretty much right on there with you. I think it's a great track. I think it's, you know, yeah, musicianship, top notch. Um, what I love about it, though, is the song's about being someone who's just... They're a lifer, man. They, they don't just talk about it. They are part of the metal lifestyle for life. Ergo, lifer. Fantastic track. Um, because I do think, and I and I know you agree with me on this, Bushy. When you hear sometimes people go, well, I was really into metal, but blah, blah, blah. Well, I'm, I'm with Dr. Fuck. Then you never really were. Right. I, I'm sorry, but to me, the, when you're a metalhead, you're you're in there for life, man. It's not yes. just, and it's not that you exclude other kinds of music because guess <laughs> what? It is possible to be a metalhead and like other kinds of music. Okay, I love fucking ABBA, and I don't give zero shits that my brother thinks I'm crazy for it. Ugh. Hey, scapegoat, Look, I love you, but fuck you, man. ABBA are great. No, fuck this. I have a new rule for this podcast. I have a new rule. Yeah, I'm laying rules of shit on you. I'm oh, going to damn. restrict metal, Mike. If you go to say I like other bands or other groups or other styles of music, ABBA's out. We're not talking about ABBA anymore. That seems okay. to be the go-to. It's like, well, right, I like uh, ABBA. Bitch, I like Millie Vanilli, okay? You got the yeah, balls to say no, that? No, because I think Millie Vanilli <laughs> sucked. I hated him then and I hate him now, dude. <laughs> Fucking terrible. Terrible. And they hate their own shit, man. It's like, literally, really? I mean, they may as well just scratch Millie Vanilli up, put various artists or studio... Uh, or hired guns. That's what this should be called, hired guns. Because it's I all it was, you. man. But, but you know what I'm saying? Because ABBA always but, comes up. Okay, well, okay, granted. But, but I get joking. a lot of shit for liking I'm, I'm ABBA. I'm, I'm not, you get shit for liking ABBA? 
Oh, yeah. My big well, brother send, fucks with me all the time. Well, send your big brother to me. I'll slap some Abel right <laughs> on his mouth. <laughs> but, um, um, but other bands, okay. I Okay, here's one. I was really stoked to see him. I was going to go see him with Bildo a few years ago. And, and, and Bill even said, dude, you're going to wear a Slayer shirt when you go to this thing. I said, you goddamn right I'm going to. And it was, well, who we were going to go see, unfortunately, he ended up getting what they call minor syndrome, which is a hearing uh, loss condition. The same thing that Brian Johnson from ACDC got, and he recovered. I don't right. know what's going on with this guy, but I was going to go see Huey Lewis in the news. I love Huey Lewis. Amazing. And he's not fucking metal. So, no. you know, like, yeah, I like a lot of different kinds of music. Um I mean, it's just cracks me up. People will go through my vinyl or they'll go through my CDs and they'll turn around and go, you like the Commodores? Yeah, I like the uh, fucking the, Commodores. The, who the fuck don't? Yeah, you know, I mean, I like a lot of different kinds of music, but I'm not going to lie. My first love will always be hard rock and heavy metal. But I mean, yes. I love the blues. I just saw Buddy Guy on my 51st birthday. I, dude, I'm so jealous and... Big oh, thanks awesome. to Bildo for real though for putting those videos up because it's fucking sexy as hell. Yeah, like I said, man, you got to check out that Dead Daisies videos, man. I think he posted them on the Metal Mike Facebook group page, man. The Metal Mike Show Facebook group page. But but anyway, yeah, I love the fact that lifer, man, like you're in for this shit and you're into it for fucking life, man. Yes. You don't give a fuck e about Even trends. Bushy, who likes hair metal, still likes metal. And I'm finding new shit every day that I love. Look, hair metal, glam metal, whatever you want to call it, it's still as metal. It's metal. It's just because you don't, and you know I've had my issues with some of it. Some of it, yes. again though, hey, the first wave, even some of the second wave stuff. I love that stuff, man. I can sit here and, and rock my, I can uh, go, I can get to rocking and docking. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, yeah. I like a lot of that stuff. Some of it, I don't. Some of it, I do. It just You'll have some mellow yellow with band. some Cinderella. I know. Right. It doesn't matter to me. I don't. I mean, because it, it does, I hate that shit. Like, you got some people that'll, like, you know, and, 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 like, okay, if you're into thrash metal, like, that's the only kind of metal you can like. Well, that's retarded. Like, if I want to listen to the Deftones and turn right around and listen to fucking violence, I'll do that. And I don't right. give a fuck. They both right. rock, in my opinion. I'd yeah. much rather listen to violence than the Deftones. Fuck your... You like hey. horses? Yeah, I, I like know. horses. That was, yeah, that's you weird. like horses? That's a little weird, but... <laughs> This is also coming from the guy who likes Millie Vanilli, so it's like, all right, I'll just take that with a grain of salt. I know, right? I'd rather have long braid dreadlocks, lip syncing. Okay, yeah, I mean. Than being told, do you like horsies? <laughs> Trek 3, Pillar of Eternity. I don't know if this is even released on vinyl. This is the CD era, so was this even dropped on vinyl? I think eventually they did put it on vinyl, but I don't think it came out on vinyl when it was originally released. I think you okay. can get it on vinyl now, but at that point in time, that was the height of the CD era. Yeah, this is so, a perfect. This is a perfect ten-song album. I will say this: this this is custom made to be a vinyl record, not a fucking CD. Track three, Pillar of uh, Eternity. You want me to take it? Yes, sir. Pillars of Eternity, one of the three tracks written solely by Phil Anselmo, um, starts with a thundering drum intro provided by the incredible Jimmy Bauer that goes right into this the killer Phil vocal. And I just love the awesome lyrics. Crumbling world falls through my hand, in my mouth tastes bitter sand, grass is burning, pulses slow, drip by drip. I backwards grow, and then he does that whole, in his fucking death talk, as I call it, crawl. 
beautiful. I fucking love it. To me, that's Edgar Allan Poe-worthy wordplay. Just killer riffs upon killer fucking riffs with an amazing solo by Pepper. And believe it or not, Pantera, and I didn't know this until I read Rex Brown's biography, Pantera, the Abbott brothers were a little irritated at Phil for even doing this project because a lot of people don't realize that everybody just assumes that all Phil wrote for Pantera was lyrics. Oh, no. He helped with some of the riffs, too. Phil can play guitar. He plays and, guitar and he plays mandolin. Yeah, he's a very talented guy. On this record. Yeah, Phil's a very, very talented guy. And um, like the, the, you know, Mouth for War, that da -da 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 -da. he actually wrote the initial riff. Now, Phil will say, to be fair, if you listen to my version, and then when Dime took it and did what he did to it, Phil just looked at him and said, well, fuck, tear it up there, big boy, because you're awesome. You know what <laughs> I, I mean? Like, and I yeah, love yeah. that story. But yeah, you know, because he but he wrote the original initial riff for Mouth of War, and the Abbott brothers were just more than a little irritated that Phil was doing down. They didn't really want him doing anything. Out. I mean, they went ahead and said, okay, yeah, sure, dude. But they were, because they were like, Songs like this, they were like, that would have made a great Pantera song. We could have taken and did something with that, which I think it would have been different if Pantera had done it, you know. But um, right. yeah, they were um, they were kind of pissed off about the the three songs that Phil wrote on his own because they were all like, well, those could have been fucking, um, you know, uh, Pantera tunes, dude. We, well, you know, I, me well, and I gotta say, those and tore them up. But I love this song. What's your thoughts? I, well, first of all, I got to say, I didn't dig deep enough to find out who wrote what, who played what. I know that Phil plays uh, 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 mandolin on track eight and then guitar on track. It said 11, but there's not 11 songs on this, motherfuckers. But that's according to Wikipedia, so what the fuck do I know? Pillars of uh, Eternity. I love that drum opener. Then you get that little simple riff with that opening lyric, but man, does it get thick and heavy now understand when i'm taking my notes on an album i've never heard i write them as i'm listening to it okay mm -hmm. now the guitar solo is awesome as hell it's got such great tone that to me has a very sabbath feel the track makes me understand why people dig down phil's vocals are insane mm -hmm. and the guitar work is just fucking stellar i really like this song yeah, it's one of my favorite tracks on the album. And and the thing I was also going to point out is one of the things I love about Phil, even though I don't like every project he does, the one thing I admire about him is he makes sure that each one sounds different. Like, the way Phil sings on Down isn't exactly the same way he sings on Pantera. Same with Super Joint, same with... Uh, um, the Phil, uh, Phil Ensemble and the Illegals and, and Scour, which is like his black metal band, they're all different. They're all different, man. Like he. Oh, there, Phil, there comes a time when I think Phil is absolute shit on this record. Spoiler alert. Okay. Um, but, um, you know, damn, dude. So anyway, uh, <laughs> so, so basically, but my point that I'm trying to make is Phil makes sure that every project is different. And yes. I do respect that. Well, you know, yeah. He even has a thing where he does a. I don't know if you know this. He's got a band called N Minor, which is like acoustical or not acoustical. Well, it's um, it's like string quartet type of music. Oh wow! With him, it's really it's kind of dark, but weird. Not metal at all. It's fucking weird. But yeah, again, I, I'm like I'd probably love that. I like it. I like it, but it's it's different, man. It's totally different from Down or Pantera or Scour or you know. All the other fucking five hundred projects, projects and all the other shit. Yeah. yeah. 
I mean, my God, you know, because I think he's in another band. I forget the name of it right now where he went by the name Anton Crowley and he played guitar. And God damn it, I can't remember the name of the band. Nice. Anyway, but yeah, he's been in a, I mean, Phil, he's just one of those guys, I think, that just constantly has to stay busy doing stuff. Understand I'm not an Anselmo hater. I actually really dig Pantera. I dig the fuck out of him. I actually discovered him well after this album was released, but I dig the fuck out of him. Yeah. Uh, track four, Rehab. This reminds me a lot of Priest. Maybe I'm off the wall here. We got this twin guitar, parentheses, sounding attack. It sounds like a twin guitar attack. And I dig that little, and I've never used this word before, sludgy breakdown before going back to an almost Priest-like sound. It's fucking weird. I don't like this sludge rock. I don't like this stoner rock, man. But this this song really fucking got it for me. I really dig Phil's more... Um, he's more... Uh, what's the word I want to use? Subdued. Yeah, there he's you more go. More subdued vocal style I, I on this track. I didn't quite put it that way, but but I, I see what you're saying. Yeah, he, he's holding back. He's like... Rah, rah, rah. Mm-hmm. He's not doing that. I really dig that. And, and dude, when that uh, that, when you come to that break, and Phil says, "Give me some medicine," going into that fucking guitar solo, dude, that shit is stellar. This uh, uh, number two favorite song on the album. Right on, um, rehab written by Phil Pepper and the riftastic Kirk Winstein of Crowbar. Uh, track opens with that soulful Southern drawl, is what I call it, that Phil can do. Uh, you know, where he does the long delay me low. I love that. It just sets the mood or the vibe for the track right away, as far as I'm concerned. And really, this song shows off Phil's vocal versatility. He's a much more versatile vocalist than people want to give him credit for. Now, I will say this, man. If you listen to early Pantera, there was one point in time, man, especially if you listen to the album, you know, because... The, of course, Cowboys for Hell, from Hell is considered their first major label debut. Major label debut. Now they did have. Their, it's still my favorite Pantera record. There you go. Um, they have their they they have their um, albums they did before that that was self released. There was the f- album that Phil was on called Power Metal, which to me sounds a lot like Judas Priest on steroids, especially Power Phil's Power Metal sick. Yeah, uh, especially <laughs> with Phil's vocals. And there's a bit of that still left over on Cowboys. Like when you hear a song like Cemetery Gates, for instance, or The Sleep, that he's channeling his inner Halford there. Oh, yeah. You, you know what I'm saying? And Phil, can't, he'll tell you, he can't really sing like that anymore. Um, you know, but at that point in time, even then, he was an incredibly, incredibly versatile vocalist. And I still feel like he is. Like he can sing in a lot of different styles. Um I also like how it, uh, it goes, the song, and he goes from regressive to melodic during the chorus. I especially love that. This is the kind of track that you can walk down the street in a drunken stupor, and it would go seamless with the music. Um, <laughs> you know, I love it. I love it. Again, you know, again, I love this record, though. It's one of those albums that I played the. Me and my buddies would get, we would party this album, we'd get drunk, we'd get fucking stoned. We got stoned a lot to this record. Um, nice this album so there you go man uh track five hail the leaf you want to take it it's on you it's your turn brother okay uh again another track written exclusively by phil a song that is pretty much a love letter to the marijuana just like sweet leaf by the gods themselves black sabbath the musicianship on this 
um, record is just fucking phenomenal. Also love how the song goes into the amazing rhythm section interlude provided by Jimmy and Todd. And then you hear someone smoking their bomb to this, but then just goes into that fucking incredible, saptastic fucking riff. And I, I just absolutely love the, love the outro. Again, instant fucking classic the first time I heard it. Love, love this song. Hail the Leaf fucking rules as far as I'm concerned. What do you think, Bush? Uh, Metal Mike, I hope you'll continue to do this show with me. Oh, fuck. Here we go. <laughs> this song just fucking annoys me. What? Are oh. you insane? Really, dude? Oh, wow. I, I, dude, wow. I, listen, I actually listened to this three times at a rogue. So I'm like, maybe I'm missing something. I guess uh, you are. Oh, it seems off beaten parts. That vocal line during the uh, that guitar riff, it, it just doesn't work for me. It doesn't add up. You would have to be high oh. to jam this song. <laughs> right, I will man. say, after you get past that little part, you get the, the second half of the song. This is how bad it was. I didn't even write any more notes. I wrote second half much better. <laughs> couldn't, couldn't, couldn't dig on it. I was like, fuck. If I was listening to a vinyl record, and this is song five out of a ten-song album, I'd have thrown that motherfucker out the window. Oh, like I did Marilyn Manson's fucking um, Mechanical Animals? I hated that record. I know. And Threw it right out my truck window. I thought it sucked. You're, and, you're just, and you're just as wrong as I obviously am on this album. I fucking hated <laughs> that record, man. I, 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 and I, I, it's one that you and I have talked about. Like, I wouldn't mind. I need to kind of revisit it again. Maybe I would have a different opinion. But, and maybe that was just part of the problem. I, I wasn't. I was expecting another. Antichrist uh, superstar. And the album before it, even you know, Portrait of American Family. I was expecting. I don't know uh, something heavy and or metal. Smells and, like children. Whatever. I mean. They, yeah. I, they, I, they, I, I. And I got. Uh, a David Bowie wannabe thing. And I didn't care for that. So anyway, oh, amazing. And then we flip it over if you could, but no, it's a CD. So you hit next and we have, what is it? Underneath everything. Yes, sir. Oh, did I switch to white zombie? Am I listening to thunder kiss 65? Huh? It's the same fucking riff. One note different. I'd rather listen to white zombie. I mean, that breakdown riff is much better, but I feel like I've heard this before. This, it, it sounds a lot to me like that opening track, Temptation's Wings. Wow, come on. But if, if I can remember exactly how it was played, it's a... It's the same fucking thing. I hate this song. Oh, okay. I hate it. All right. Underneath Everything, written by Ensemble and Pepper Keenan. I, I just put, starts off with what my older brother calls the Ensemble badass death talk. Can't really quite make out what he's saying, but I get the vibe that he's like really pissed. I said, but the one thing I did like about the song was the lyrical content, because anyone who's had life just pull a bag over your fucking face and kick you right in the fucking groin can relate to this track, because we've all been there. I do like the acoustical outro. Not my favorite track on the album, but I do like it. Okay, well, that's fair. Eyes of the South, what do you think? Written by Ensemble and Pepper. Uh, now, this song, I love how it starts with Todd playing that steady bass line while Pepper is just uh, playing this slow and soulful intro that then go has Kurt go into his groovy fucking riff that then goes into a fantastic riff that builds up to Phil saying, God damn. 
Um, just an amazing track from that incredible dual guitars of uh, Kirk and Pepper to the thundering rhythm section of Todd and Jimmy to the awning vocals of Phil. Lyrically, you can tell Phil was in a really dark place, probably the height of his heroin addiction, I would say. Tied with my favorite track of the album, if the other track is one, this is 1A. Nice, nice. Uh, for me, I was like, I love that loose, bluesy opening. Dude, that oh, it's great, best. and I love how it open. I, that's what oh. I love about it, just how it builds out. You got fucking pepper, just nah, 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 dude. Nah. That first yeah. minute and forty seconds absolutely rule. The vocal phrasing, because I, I'm not gonna lie, I can hear what Phil is saying on the Pantera records. I have not heard a single lyric, minus what I've already mentioned throughout this album this is one of those i'm gonna to have to go study lyrics because i don't actually mm -hmm. own the record you can look but, them up online I but mean, the I, vocal uh, phrasing is fucking cool as shit and the bass is dude it's so sweet it's actually the first time i really heard the bass stand out mm -hmm, yeah in this entire record it's got some really cool breakdowns before getting heavy chunky as fuck it could use an actual guitar solo but I dig this song. This is definitely not a skip. Yeah, it's a great track. Number, yeah. uh, number eight, Jail, written by Phil, Pepper, Kirk, and Todd Strange. You want to take this, dude, or you want Fuck me to do it? Yeah, man. Let me tell you what. This I dig. That slow opening is very Sabbath-like. Mm-hmm. He even sings it in the vein of, like, Cemetery Gates. Mm -hmm. And I'm... Hearing the mandolin, because I actually heard the mandolin as he's plucking it along. That's very interesting. It, it's interesting, mm -hmm. you know, and you don't expect to say that in a metal record. It's interesting. Mm -hmm. Also of note, I expected it to get heavy as fuck, but it never did. It's really a cool jam, man. I dig the fuck out of this song. All right, Jail, written by Phil Pepper, Kirk, and Todd Strange, which I believe I said before I told you to take it away, but fuck it. Um, now for the mellow <laughs> part of the album, after seven absolute skull crushers before it. Very skull crushers? Did you hear Hail the Leaf tripe? That was a skull crusher, dude. <laughs> Very trippy psychedelic track. Their planet caravan, in my opinion. Uh you know, wish to anybody who should know that. If you if you don't know who, good call. Who or maybe what, maybe Planet Caravan is what I meant to say, as opposed mm -hmm. to Cemetery Gates. Right, a uh, great track in, uh, to get completely fucking baked to. Just a beautiful acoustical piece, very minimal on the vocals and lyrics. They they let the music do the talking on this one, and Phil plays the mandolin on this track, as you had mentioned yep. before. So very 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 cool, very cool trippy song. I love it, and it, I think it came at the right point of the album. It's like, all right, man, we've been rocking this whole time. Now we're gonna fucking we're gonna mellow out a little bit and take a breath until we get to number track nine, losing all. Uh, let, me, let me let me just say real quick. Mm -hmm. I like what you just said there. Uh, I cannot find a single song that placement is the problem. Mm -hmm. Even that "Hail the Leaf," which is just a bunch of fucking, it's like hippie tripe. It's like that Rolling Stones song off of Goat's Head Soup that I can't like. It's like I would rather it was off the record. But placement is not an issue. It, as much as there's parts that I think this album is amazing and other parts where I'm like, I don't get it. Placement is not an issue on this record at all. This is probably the most cohesive and put together album 
I've ever heard. And maybe I should have saved that for the end, but I'm just well, well said though, man. Well said. And I agree a hundred percent. I mean, for me, cause like I said, I, I like this record and don't think there's a bad song on it, but that's me. Um, let's see here. <laughs> Losing all. Losing all. You want to take this one, brother? No, it's your turn, brother. You, all right. So you have it figured out. I'm back and forth with you, bitch. Losing, losing all written by Phil and Pepper. I, I, I fucking love it when Phil announces the song and then, the, you know, this is one called Losing All. And then Dude, the that's song, cool as fuck. Right, and the song guitar riff just kicks into that southern groove, that southern sludge metal that, uh, you know, that they are known for. Very dark subject matter, too, especially when it goes to the verse where it goes all sludgy and Phil goes into his, my wrist are slit. And then you got the orgasmic outro riff with Phil singing Losing All. Over and over, fucking awesome track, in my opinion. There you go. Man, that's awesome. I, I, I love the double kick drum on this jam. Yeah, riff, Jimmy Bauer, riff, man, kills dude, it on drums in this record, dude. Well, well, this one in particular, because this one, it really stood out on me. Like, I was, like, I was fucking smacking my fucking thighs, you know, looking at the band. She's like, what's that? Dad, you're fucking retarded. <laughs> I, I love that double kick drum in, in this jam. And the riff sounds pretty badass. But I actually prefer it with the vocals over it. I don't know if there's something different going on there. Mm-hmm. But, man, that breakdown. Where they change octaves? Oh, that's a fucking headbanger's wet dream. I don't like what Phil holds out these notes. Mm. He sounds like absolute ass. Shorten that part. But it's got a great guitar solo. It even had an Ace Frehley type fucking run in there, you know? Yeah. Uh-huh. Stop thing and brought it back down. Oh my God. Well, I, was I don't know badass. if you know this, but Kirk and Pepper are absolute Ace Frehley worshippers, so it shouldn't come as a surprise. Oh, dude, I totally heard it. I heard fucking Deuce, you know. Yeah, oh yeah. I was like, oh shit, that's Ace, dude. Dude, this song is a badass song. I probably like half the record, dude, to be honest with you. Mm-hmm. I like about half the album. Which means it's going to get more rotation and perhaps it'll grow on me. But right. dude, this is not a bad track at all. It's it's one of my top five in this album. Cool, cool. All right, man. Awesome. Uh, next track we have is Stone the Crow, uh, written by Phil and Pepper. Uh, your turn or mine, bro? I believe it's mine. You took that one, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. This is yours. Stone the Crows. Oh. This is where I just jerk off all over my laptop because I was listening to it digitally. <laughs> I love that acoustic intro. I, I know it's not acoustic it. guitar. I knew like this song. I knew it. I fucking knew it. I was like, but she's going to love this song. Go ahead. I, yeah, I know it's not acoustic guitars. It's electric guitars played without distortion. Dude, that's so fucking sweet. It gives it an almost southern rock feel. This is mm-hmm. where I really feel the southern rock. Oh, you, there's, you, dude, it. The Leonard Skinner influences, it just oozes all over it. I mean. Uh, but, dude, when they hit those stomp boxes, because this comes back from the day of stomp boxes. Oh, my God, man. That is such good stuff. It's definitely a formula that works. Guitar solos are mm-hmm. fucking nasty. They're not overdone. Very tasty. And by the four-minute mark, that little breakdown reminds me a lot of early Sabbath. And that's where we're leading to the end of the song. Dude, great song. Favorite song on the album. All right. Here's my notes. Um, 
you know, probably, and I don't mean this in a bad way, because I just said earlier, we both love the other mellow track. I, I said the, probably the most second most mellow track on the album, but I, but, uh, but it's still a banger, still a great song. I definitely feel the, the Leonard Skinner influence on this Way one. Way better than Hail the Leaf. Lots of Southern Boogie and the Blues are on this. And I think it's the most accessible track on the album. Like, I think they released this as a single. And if they didn't, they fucking should have. They should have, Because it's a very, it's just got that hook, you know, that down, now, bump, 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 bump. I mean, it's just a great, great song. I think Phil's vocals are great on it. Yes. It's a fantastic fucking track. Yes. Um. Yeah, I'm right there with you, dude. It's it's a great, great track. And like I said, definitely, in my opinion, the most, exce- you know, like if somebody who's not really into like, you could go, okay, you might not like the rest of this album, but you're going to like this song. And I think they would. I could I could tell you this right now. If I was going to introduce anybody to Down, because until you um, until you sent me Nola, I had one Down record. And I've never played anything off of it. It's down three over the under. That's a good record. And that's just because my old singer from my band, fucking uh, Bipolar, gave it to me. Hey, man, check this out. Never listened to it. I don't know what the fuck's on it. I have no idea. It's a good record. I like, you know, I'm a down fan, so, you know, I, I like it. I think, he, I think he would, you know, I mean, if you like this album, even if you didn't like all of it, there's probably going to be certain songs on each album that I think you would like, Nate. I mean, maybe I'm wrong, you know, I don't know. Because, you know, the thing about you, though, is you're, like, I I nailed it here. I'm like, he's going to love this song. There's just no way he's not going to like Snow and the Crow. But there's other times where you do surprise me, where times I think you're going to dig something, and you'll be like, I didn't really feel that. Then other times you'll be like, okay, like, for instance, that fucking song off of uh, um, Dog Eat Dog, the one where I was like, man, this kind of reminds me of fucking Jane's Addictions, Jane Says, and you're like, bro! That's and, and I didn't know you were a James Addiction fan. If you, oh, I yeah. would never have paid oh, you yeah. for that. I would have thought you would have been like, oh fuck this fucking bullshit. This is those first two James records oh, great, are amazing. Great, great albums. Yeah, <laughs> I, I love them too. But James Addiction is one of those bands though that are kind of um, people either love them I've noticed or they don't. You don't really hear a lot of people go, oh well they're okay. Well, they didn't, they didn't, to me, they didn't sound fucking uh, depressed like Nirvana. Mm-hmm. They had a lot of punk angst. Yeah, yeah. And then some shit that was just funny, because understand when I got into Jane, it was with Bing Con Stealing. Oh, okay, off yeah, Off of yeah. Uh, Ritual de la Habitual. Mm-hmm. You know, so I naturally had to go back to their first record. Yeah, Nothing yeah. Shocking's my jam. That's my favorite album by them. Oh, dude, Stop is my shit. Yeah, that's a great record. Great dude, record. You know, that, that, that. Dude, uh, I, I, I like music. And this album, this this album, Down, Nola, does not get a thumbs down from me. Oh, I know. It, it does not. I think what I need to do is spend more time with it. Right. But I promised you that I would give you a fresh perspective. And that's I wasn't going to listen to it over and over and over and over and over and, you know, let it bleed into me for fucking weeks and weeks. Because... You know, when you hear a song on the radio, you're like, oh, man, fuck this. This sucks. Mm-hmm. But you hear it like later in the day and it's like, oh, well, it sucks, but it's not bad. And then, you know, the third time you hear it that day, it, it's pretty good. That's what I gave it is I gave it three tries. And I and I tell you what, man, um, I, I think I missed out. I, oh, I, yeah. I, 
I think I missed out. Now, there's and, some stuff that I'm not going to change my mind. I mean, like, hell okay. the leaf. It doesn't rock at all. But there's some really good moments on this record. I definitely recommend you get this fucking album if you haven't heard it because you're a awesome. fucking nerd like me. <laughs> um, okay, you said it. I didn't. And I, 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 I'm not going to... Look, you, you said it yourself, dude. You checked out. You checked out, man. You know, you were just like, fuck this, I'm out. I'm going to fucking go party to Garth and that kind of stuff. And, and well, then, well, at least they were partying. Right. I'm not... Hey, you know, I mean... <laughs> Yeah, I, I don't know. Like I said, maybe I'm just different, and we can get into that in a minute. But um, I'd, I'd have been way down yonder on the Chattahoochee before I'd have been like, oh, you're his for food. Yeah, I, oh, <laughs> I, 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 yeah, yeah, me too. I, I hear you, man. Um, like, you know. But I but I only got radio. You know, right. I got the radio that was provided to me. I'm actually upset that I missed Down, and um, I will be listening to now Down 3 Over the Under, which I actually have the CD. Right, awesome. All right, I cool. actually have a physical copy of that one, and I'm going to go back and check this band out just a little bit more, because I do think they're worthy. I, I'm not going to hate on them, because I didn't know anything about them. It's not like you will warrant where you knew them, and you're like, no, fuck that. I, I just hadn't heard them. Right, you, and, you were uh, familiar with them, but I wasn't familiar with Dog Eat Dog. The only thing I knew about is every Warrant fan I ever talked to said, well, Metal Mikey, you should check that record out. I know you understand. don't like it, but you need to listen to that record. So third it was like, record, okay, If well, you listen yeah. to the first two, that third record, although you're still going to hear Warrant, it is very different from oh, the it first is. two. It, it's definitely different. But it's but it, this this I can get into, man. Oh, I, yeah. I, oh, I, yeah. You know, I, I, I really dug it, and I'm, I'm glad you sent it to me. I'm glad hey, I checked man. it out. Hey, I, I, dude, I'll steer you in the right direction. But that's what's kind of cool, I think, us doing this is it's like, it, you know, hopefully we discover things that we haven't really. Like, yes. dude, I, I mean, I'm not going to sit there and go, I'm a hardcore Warrant fan, but I can say this. They actually have some songs I like, which is something I never thought I would and, ever and, say. And while I love Pantera, although I don't suck Pantera's dick like some people, <coughs> James <coughs> West, um, <laughs> I I do dig most of their stuff, especially when I'm in that aggressive metal mood. Mm -hmm. Yes. Uh, I, I will tell you that uh, Down is a band that I'm kind of upset that I missed. Right. And, and, and that's the fun part about this is what I'm going to love about this Uncovered Gems thing mm -hmm. is because there's going to come a time where I'm not going to send you a fucking metal album. I'm not even going to send you a rock and roll album. I'm going to send oh, you Lord. something you've never fucking heard and we're going to see what happens. And that that was kind of my idea. That's why I went with Warwick because I knew you didn't like them. You know, and that's why I said that specifically. Mm -hmm. Okay, Dog Eat Dog might be that maybe that'll be the one that turns them. And if not, fine. I, I love the honest opinion. I, I loved that you love some songs, and I hope you appreciated that I dug about half this album, and mm -hmm. some of it I dug a fucking lot. Right. It's it's enough for me to check out other stuff, you know, by this mm -hmm. group. And I and I think that's what's going to be so much fun. I think we should do that to each other. We should find sure. shit that is like, hey, uh, this motherfucker don't listen to this. So uh, we're going to do this one on the next Uncovered Gems. And we'll do this once a month. I think it's going to be a great fucking time. Awesome, awesome. Because I thoroughly enjoyed listening to this. The other day, if you'd asked me what I thought about this album, 
I'd have told you it was the biggest piece of shit pile of garbage I'd ever heard. That would have broke my heart. <laughs> let, me, <laughs> let me clear my mind a little bit and process things that were going on and actually listen to the album. And there, dude, there's there's some stuff that I fucking love on this record, especially awesome. that last song. But that last song was really in my wheelhouse. Right. Uh, oh, I love I love Stone the Crow. It's a great song. Um, moving on. Like, like if you're going to turn anybody on the down, that's the song you fucking play because oh, it's accessible yeah. to people like me, but it's accessible to metalheads too. Right. Yeah. I, I 100% agreed. Uh, all right, man. Uh, number 11, uh, Pray for the Locust, which is actually an instrumental written by Phil. Um, I, very beautiful in my opinion, but I got to be honest with you. It's, it's hard for me to consider it a separate track. I feel about this song, for one, I can't listen to it without hearing the following track. For me, it's very reminiscent of like Embryo before Children of the Grave and Orchid on uh, before Lord of the Worlds. That's uh, Master of Reality. For for me, it is. But Phil plays guitar on this. Um, what well, are your well, thoughts? This, well, this is where it's going to suck. I got uh, ten tracks from you. You didn't get you didn't get track eleven. All I got was uh, up to Stone the Crow. Because admittedly, Bushy didn't download everything. Well, it's on me too, though, dude, because you kept saying 10 tracks. And I'm just saying 10 tracks. And then I'm like, wait a minute, there's more than 10 fucking tracks. I should, I should have said something sooner, man. So I do apologize yeah. for that. Well, I will say this. Uh, my thoughts on Stone the Crows ending the album may have changed. I will say, and, and now I've only heard these three tracks once. And you just listen to them. And, and I, I think just, it's important that you point that out. Even yes. with, when you edit this, like, you know, yeah, no. we should let everybody know. Edit, fuck that. I'm letting them know. We came back. We had to get off air because Okay, cool. There was three songs that I didn't download. Hold on a second. Holy fuck, my air conditioner's on. Holy fuck, sorry about that, people. That's because we're fucking amateurs. We're definitely not Decibel Geek or Cobras and Fire. <laughs> We're we're, we're more like rock and metal podcast. Yeah, we're definitely we're definitely as good as that. <laughs> well, well what better, I mean but, is but better than freeform. Come on, love you, Mark. Haha, <laughs> had to fuck with you. Uh, right in your mouth because I know you like it. <laughs> uh, now Mark reached out to me you, too. Man. I love that. Even guy. though he does like the Dodgers. Oh, and fuck the Dodgers, Mark. By the way, yeah. that was a good game though. You beat us, but it was a goddamn good game. I was like, well, all right. So good luck to the Dodgers. I hope they lose. But, so, um, but apparently there were three more songs on this record. And, yes, uh, sir. Frankly, I had to go listen to them. So you want to talk about on-the-fly fucking notes? Oh, that's what you're going to get from Bushy. All right, cool. Now, I do understand, um, like you were saying with, you know, what is that? Uh, uh, electric Eye and fuck. 
Hell, the Hellion and Electra, uh, Electric Eye, yeah. Embryo before Children of the Grave, and Orchid before Lord of This World from the Black Sabbath Master Reality album. You, you, so you now you see where I'm coming from, right? Because to me, even, it's, like, it's a cool even track. Even the but intro it's... to fucking Motley Crue's uh, Shout at the Devil. Yeah. You know, in the beginning, in the shout. I shout at the Devil without hearing in the beginning first. I'm, I'm Thanks, telling you, this Another makes gr- sense. This makes sense. But you go ahead and you tell me about number 11, Pray for the Locust. I just said, okay, I'll, right. Uh, written by, or, or, by should, Phil. or should we do them both? Do 11 and 12. Do uh, Pray for the right. Locust because it's an instrumental and it's very, very short. Right. And uh, then Pray uh, for the Swan Locust. Song. Pray for the Locust, written by Phil. Beautiful, short, instrumental. Um, and I like it. I do like it. But it, again, like I said before, I can't listen to it without hearing the following track as well. Uh, very reminiscent of Embryo before Children of the Grave and Orchid before Lord of This World. And you made the great connection of, I didn't even think about it in the beginning to Shout the Devil or uh, Hell You to Electric Eye. I'm going to have mean, a better just, one for you. I can't wait to hear what I have to say about this. Oh, okay, cool. Uh, and then it goes into Swan Song, written by Phil, and Jimmy Bauer, and Pepper. And in my opinion, just it, another absolute fucking banger. The intro riff is straight up a punch to the throat. I love the double echo vocals by Phil in the chorus that then goes all into the heaviest fuck bridge and the pre-chorus. The hero part is also a cool touch. And I also love the outro where Phil says, thanks. No, thank you. I, I, I love this song. I think it's great. Um, what's your thoughts, Bushy? Cause I, I, really I actually want thought that outro thing was pretty badass, And I wanted to say that because I don't think I included that in my very quick notes. Pray for the Locust, uh, rock bottom intro. This this is Kiss. Ooh, this, this is 1975. Yes, yes. Is it better? Even though that wasn't technically. See, I'm surprised Kiss didn't do that because one of the reasons why they said they made that intro as long as they did was because to fill up space for the record. So I'm kind of surprised they didn't do the intro as a separate track. Oh. You know what I mean? But they didn't. Kiss didn't do that. It's just one really long track. But yeah. I love that instrumental intro that Ace wrote. I I absolutely so, so do I. In fact, I lo- good, and, good comparison, Bushy. I didn't even think about oh. Rock, which I love that song. Oh, dude, killer tune. And yes, Kiss did it better. Uh, is it is it bad? No, but it's 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 a very acoustic. Uh, it's definitely not Hellion. It's definitely not in the beginning. It's definitely in the vein of Rock Bottom. Um, just not as well done but swan song oh fuck (laughs) oh fuck this shit rocks i love the riff breaks before the vocals before going full on metal that lead run after the second verse oh my god that shit's so badass uh the chorus area kind of slows into an early sabbath groove Mm -hmm. but dude that drum breakdown that uh, crunchy one-stop rhythm. Yes. Oh, yes. man, it's fucking sick. And that scream. Oh, my God. Dude, it's so good. I, I, I could tell this is very Sabbath-influenced. I wicked dig this jam. Fuck yeah. Awesome, dude. Awesome. That's on that's one listen. That's how that's good awesome. that was. Yeah, yeah, it's a great track. Uh, then we got the closing track, uh, Bury Me in Smoke. Um, the epic closing track, as far as I'm concerned, the one where besides Stone the Crow, uh, if somebody who maybe not 
a more mainstream dude, but somebody who's like really into the heavy stuff was like, well, I don't know. I'm not that familiar with down. What do you, what do you, you know, I would play the, Hey, listen to this Epic track and tell me what you think. Uh, you know, if, if they're not familiar with the band I, and they asked me about down, I would either have them, I would listen, have them listen to stone the crow first, but this was the other one I would have them listen to. It's just, I think it's a great track. It, it, it um, right there with, uh, with the, the track before it, Swan Song, as far as I'm concerned. Um, in fact, they could have, in my opinion, it, they could have flip-flopped them and had uh, Swan Song as the final track, and I would have been fine with that. Or I'm, I'm, you know, like I said, the sequence to this album does not bother me at all. You mentioned that earlier. I'm assuming you still feel that way. I don't know yet. But I absolutely adore this song. This album and this track is fucking majestic. What are your thoughts, Bushy? Okay. I, I think it's funny because my notes, and I literally just listened to this, are, it's funny because I'm, it's going to be hard to read because I'm scribbling like a motherfucker. Uh-huh. Okay. And fuck all that intro. Fuck all that. That down picking is heavy as fuck. That palm muting. Chum, chum, chum. I know. Right? Oh my God. It fucking rips. And I love doing this thing where they're playing chords but it's on the high strings it's on the e d g is it's on the like the e and the a or the a and the b i mean it's up there it's it, it's fucking weird it's it's amazing yeah. it's a great jam well i've had other musicians tell me it's kind of unconventional but they love it or they dig yeah it. dude it's off the chain and that band jam breakdown this isn't just a guitar breakdown or a drum no you know, a drum no. breakdown it's like the whole band. Everyone is in there. In unison, man. Oh, and they're just it, into it, dude. It's fucking sick. It's a killer tune. And this is where you're going to love me. If Stone the Crow is what you play to get rock and roll fans into this band, this is the song to yes. get metalheads into this band. It rips. It shreds. That solo. Oh, my fucking God. It's great. Here's what I could do without I don't dig that outro into silence and then bring that fucking shit back and then go back out. I don't like that. Barring that, what a great way to end this fucking record. This actually, these last three tracks, your cheesy rock bottom ripoff into Swan Song, which is amazing, and Bury Me in Smoke, if you'd have put Stone the Crows, Pray for the Locust, Swan Song, and fucking Bury Me in Smoke on an EP, this band would have exploded. Well, I mean, they I did think, sell a lot of records. I think album, it's that you know. good. Very successful. This was a very successful album. I mean, Down's still doing it to this day. Um, this was a very, you know, I mean, sure. if you want to. Bushy you know, just be, heard him for the first time on uh, right. October 12th, uh, 2021. 2021. I, well, I mean, I, I'm, it does my heart good to hear that you like that. I was a little nervous. I'm like, man, I hope he likes those closing tracks as much as he loved Stone the Crow because he really loved that album. Song, you know, I know, which is dude, a great song. I was like, but I was a little I was, nervous. I'm like, oh man, I don't know, you know. I was scared. I was like, no, no, that's a great way to close the album, and I'll stand by that. You know, Stone the Crow, you close with that. But what do we get mm-hmm. rid of to put these in there? Well, hell, the fucking leaf can get the fuck up out of here. Okay, um, I, I think it's a rehab could probably again, suck my dick. <laughs> I have a lot of I have a lot of history with this record, you know. So it's like it's hard for me to to imagine the album other than what it is. 
Sure, yeah. sure. You know, for I, me, I, I can't tell you this, brother. I, I'm glad you turned me on to this record. I've never listened to Down. Like I said, I have one other album by Down, and I've never fucking. Yeah, I, I'm so happy to hear that you like this album, man. And if nothing else, I do hope that listening to it helped you at least forget some of your trials and tribulations that you're going through, at least for a moment. It man. definitely, so it I'm glad, definitely I'm glad did you liked all that, it, dude. I mean, so sounds to me like overall you really dug the album, except for maybe what two songs. You said you weren't real big on rehab, and you didn't like fucking. Uh, um, yeah, you're uh, you're smoked the hail the lead. The fuck that is hail yeah. the lead. That's just hippie tripe. Uh, it might as well be the Grateful Dead with extra distortion. It was garbage. And rehab, God. rehab. And I hate the dead. Yeah. I hate the dead, man. And, so and I, I've actually learned to appreciate a little more of the dead. I, I should fuck say you, I, Lee Gersman, for introducing hate, me to weird hippie shit. Hate is too strong a word, <laughs> but I, I've never been big on them, ever. They're one of those I, weird I don't bands get it, that uh, I don't fucking get it. I, I don't, don't e- see. Dude, they're talented. I didn't I would either. never disparage their talent, but it's just like, it just doesn't grab me. It's just like, it's background music. Whenever I'm in a party and people are playing the dead, it's like, eh, it's background music. It's just there. It doesn't really grab me, man. It never has. I can tell you this. I won't listen to a whole Grateful Dead record ever because I don't like jam band shit. But Skeletons from the Closet, that's a good record. It's the greatest hits album. And those songs are good. I will tell you, I'm, I'm happy you turned me on to this record. I've been hearing about this band for a long time, but why the fuck am I going to listen to it? I'm into my own shit. And, I, and I, that's what I'm going to like about this uh, Uncovered Gems segment that we're doing on this show, because frankly, it forces us to listen to something that we might not have otherwise listened to. Right. It's Out, out of five, I give it three and three quarters. I think it's definitely worth listening to. There's a couple shitty songs. Um, there's a couple that are weird but palatable, and then the rest of them are just straight up bangers, dude. I, I mean, I, I think I gave it a pretty positive review. Other than oh, I think you gave tracks. it a very positive review. I mean, overall, you know, kind of like with me. With Dog Eat Dog, because I didn't like every song on that album. Well, sure. But, we're but, not going to like everything. Right, Hell, but, but, I think if we reviewed albums every week, unless it's just a love fest, I mean, come on, Kiss Alive. Could we say anything bad about that record at all? Well, we did have a love fest a while back when you when you asked me to do Alice Cooper's Detroit Stories, man. I really liked that record a lot. And Dude, that's I, such a good and, album. And, and you got to be honest, you got to understand something, man. Like, I, I'd known about the record, but I hadn't listened to it. I only heard, like, one or two songs. I immediately went and bought a digital download of it and listened to it. That was somebody you want to talk about that did shit on the fly. But it was so good. It was so good. And I was like, holy shit, this is like a lost 70s Cooper album. 70s Alice Cooper like. band yeah. album. Yeah. Which I love. I love that. You now, know? Have, so it was like, so can I ask you a question? Since, yeah. since that Alice Cooper review... Have you listened to it again just to see if it's still yeah. something you dig? Yeah, I liked it. I, nice. I, it. It's a good record, man. I think it's one of the best things Alice has done in a long, long time. In man. a long time, uh, yeah. I, I mean, and, I, and, and that's no disrespect. I love Alice Cooper. I just seen him live uh, a few weeks ago. I got fucked, though, because it was supposed to be Ace Fraley. At, well, it was Ace. Ace and Alice. And the, I'll never go back to this venue. It's a brand new venue. I went to two brand new venues. The factory, which oh, is where I saw I that played, on Facebook, where you saw which Ace was and fantastic. 
it was fantastic. I, it, fantastic venue, fantastic show. It bums me out because Gojira's coming there in a few weeks, and I would love to see him because I never have. And I don't know if I'm going to be able to swing it financially or have the time for it. And, but I would love to see him because that venue is fan-fucking-tastic. The way it was laid out, the acoustics were great. St. Louis Music Park. Sonically, great. The acoustics were great. It was like a smaller version of the Riverport Amphitheater. Um, the seats were fucking very uncomfortable, but hey, this, these are the times we live in. It's like they keep making the seats smaller, even though people get bigger because they want to squeeze us in like goddamn sardines. But that was not my issue. Because most of the time when I go to a concert, I fucking stand up anyway. It's the fact that I paid a, I paid pretty good money for those tickets. I took my nephew Kane, I took my twin brother Mark, you know, because Mark loves Alice, and obviously he's a Kiss freak too. So we're there to see not just Alice, but Ace fucking Fraley too. I heard him in the goddamn parking lot. They didn't open the doors on time. They oh, made that's right. It took you forever to get in, yeah. dude. I missed most of Ace. I got to see, and he opened with Rocket Ride. I was so pissed, man. He sounded great. But I didn't get to see a lot of it. That so I'm, and I'll never go back there. Because I'm like, if you people can't get your shit together, like, fuck you. I don't give a fuck who you book. I'm not going. Why right. should I go if I'm going to miss half the fucking show? For real? If I want to listen to Rocket Ride, I'll just listen to it on my goddamn stereo or my computer with the fucking speakers cranked. Fuck yeah. Have, These tickets cost money. Yeah, I was so, fu- and everybody was. I mean, we were fucking cussing, telling okay. them they fucking suck. Okay, so not stop, stop all that. Fuck how great Ace was while you heard him. Fuck how great Alice was while you saw him. How hot was Nita Strauss? Oh. Um, incredibly hot. I've seen her, I've seen, that was my fourth time seeing Alice. And uh, every time I've seen him, she's been with him. And, man, what a beautiful, talented lady. God, that chick can shred, too. I've never seen Alice. I've never seen Nita. Oh, oh, I've seen Nita. And, unfortunately, there's no uh, pictures or video of her fucking naked. Good job, Nita Strauss, by the way, for protecting your fucking privacy. Because, damn it, baby, I'm looking. (laughs) I know, right? What a gorgeous woman, but what an amazing talent. And I don't give a I don't give a fuck that she's a female guitar player because there's so many great female guitar players out here. I mean, Orianti played with fucking Michael Jackson back in the Mm nineties. You know, so I don't care about that anymore, but good God. Good look, dude. (laughs) Uh, Well, yeah. um, That's pleasant to look at. Oh, very I'm, much so. Well, I'm, I'm, I'm still it's jealous okay, of Josh so. Toomey for getting the Butcher Babies fucking interview. Ugh. Yeah, I know, right? Um, here's the thing about all that, though. I, 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 And I turned around to my girlfriends because there was a – well, she actually went to this show with me too. And I said, so is this what it's like for you girls when you watch the male rock stars? Because when Wait, you see girlfriend, somebody – did you say girlfriend? Not girlfriend, girlfriend, friend of mine. Oh, okay. Female yeah. friends. Yeah, I mean, female friends, I should say. Yeah, yeah. I thought you were getting yeah, your dick sucked. I was proud of you for a minute. Well, I mean, I get my dick sucked from time to time, but I don't have to have a girlfriend to do that. I know. I know, Bill, sometimes you got to pay the rent. <laughs> no. But I do, hit his mo- I do fuck his mom from time to time in advance. Sweet. Sweet. Yeah, I, I joke with him all the time about that. He That's... gets pissed because he's like, dude, this fucking sucks, man, because I can't do your mom jokes because your mom's no longer with us, man. And I'm like, well, number one, I'm sorry that my mother's death inconveniences you, Bill, though. I don't know what to tell you about that. And number oh. two, 
just because you're not sick enough to make jokes. I'm telling you, because I I would be right there. Yeah, I dug it up and fucked the dog shit out of it. (laughs) Well, it wouldn't work because we actually cremated her, man. She's got an urn urn right there at my dad's house. You'll have to go through him to get to my mom's house. No, that's okay. You just put the ashes on your hand and... (laughs) See? That's so See? dark. That's so dark. Oh, it is. It's sick as fuck. But I don't get offended because one, I know you don't mean it. It's a joke, you know. Absolutely. It's like, um, but um, but I, I did have to kind of give Bill shit about that. I'm like, well, I'm sorry, my mom's death inconveniences, bro. Jeez, <laughs> sure she feels really bad about that, you know. Do you have a sister anywhere, or is it just brothers? I have no sisters. What about what, a, what, like like a half retarded cousin? I mean, my, my, damn, my, he's my, he's not even my, trying. My my um my my dad after mom squeezed two of us at the same time had two he went and got a vasectomy he's like baby I know you always wanted that little girl but it ain't gonna happen now because you know, we had my brother and then so she ago, did not have the tubal ligation he neutered himself he he got a vasectomy because he felt like it was only fair she had to go through the whole process of of getting of, of, of carrying a, you know, carrying two babies. Okay. Sure. And he was just like, yeah, man. I mean, he, he and it was funny because when I, when I was a little kid, I, I used to think that that meant he couldn't have sex. And I'll never forget it. He just looked at me and goes, oh, I still have sex, son. Bank on that. And I was just like, so then I was like horrified because you know how it is with boys and their moms. You don't ever want to think that, that your mom, it's, it's like, I don't know if you've ever seen it. I'm a big Clint Eastwood fan. So I try to check out all his movies, no matter mm-hmm. what the. And, and and the Bridges of Madison County is that scene where he tells his sister, you know, when your mom, you know, you, you, as a little boy, you, you like to think that your mom doesn't have sex because she no longer needs it because you're in her life and you're the center of her right. world, you know, and, and it's not Streep. like, yeah, but, but it's not like that at all. And, and then, of course, his sister's like, you know, I've never had sex with somebody that that made me think of another country or took me in another country. Fuck, I don't think I ever have, you know? And uh, and I just started laughing. But then when he said what he said, I was like, you know, he's absolutely right. You know, I mean, it's like, sure. I mean, you know, in the back of your mind, you know, uh, of course, my parents always made it a, a point to tell me, you know, because my dad, you know, he's just an honorary guy. I remember years ago when I was going to nursing school and I'm studying and shit and he walks in he just came home from work. My dad was a pipe fitter, right? Construction worker. So he's got his coveralls on and all that stuff. And he's got his lunch pail with him. He goes, how's it going, son? I'm like, oh, just studying, pop. And my mom's frying chicken, right? She's got her back to him to the counter. And she's got the chicken and the batter. And she's doing her mom thing. Sure. And he he walks up all behind her. And he licks his eyebrow. You know, like when you take your finger and you yeah, lick yeah. Your, and he just starts moseying up. Behind. And I'm like, what the fuck is he doing? And he moseys up right behind her. And then he grabs her and he puts his arms around. And he goes, woman, let me have, let me break out some of that Crisco. And she's like, get the fuck off me, you fucking pervert. <laughs> and she elbows her stomach. And he just goes, well, goddamn, woman, you haven't given me any since 82. Well, first when he did that, I was like, dad. And he goes, you haven't given me any since 82. She goes, well, that's a goddamn lie. And I went, mom. And then she turned around and said, oh, would you please fucking grow up? Right, right. She was like, what do you think? You got, how do you think you got here? By spontaneous fucking combustion? And I'm like, <laughs> oh, so my mom was much, very much a character. She didn't cuss a whole lot, but when only when she'd get angry. But she did that time. And then there was another time... Um, you know, and looking back, it couldn't have been easy for my mom, Bush, because, I mean, she was the only female in the house, really, you know, and 
raising us boys, I know it wasn't an, an easy job, you know. <laughs> I'm sure. Sometimes, I, but for whatever reason, I was the kid that the parents, even to this day, they vent to when shit goes wrong. And she would like, she was just pissed at all of us. So she goes down the fucking list, okay, you know, uh, and she's like, you know, your brother Dave, all he ever wants to do is stick his fucking head up Patsy's ass, which was his girlfriend at the time. Well, Chris Kane's mother, okay. Right. And he goes, and get high, go out with his friends, get drunk, high, listen to his goddamn metal music, play his fucking bass guitar so fucking loud I can't even hear myself think. You, all you give a fuck about is your goddamn metal music, going out and partying with your friends and your fucking nerd-ass fucking comic books and shit. Your brother Mark, he just wants to play the retard act all the time. I mean, I know he's mentally disabled, but he's not fucking stupid. And your dad, <laughs> oh, your father, whenever I want him to do something for me, I either gotta beg, beg, and beg, or fuck his fucking socks off, and I'm in the car going, oh. I mean, my hair went instantly <laughs> like Gene Wilder, you know, like I couldn't believe because I had hair back then. I couldn't believe she said that. And I just looked at her and said, Mom, just grow the fuck up. Just grow the fuck up right now. That's... Shut the fuck up. I'm bitten. You're going to take it like a man. And That's hilarious. Like, oh, my God. You know, like I either That's... got to beg, beg, and beg or fuck his fucking socks off. And I was like, oh, oh. Dude. So, yeah, my mom, my mom, man. Big Barbie could chew some ass. That's hilarious. I remember the time my mom admitted to sucking dick but not swallowing. She's a, she was a definite dodger. Oh. Definite dodger. I, I maybe 17, 18. And she's like, in the mouth. Oh, no, 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 no. Spit, spit, dodge. No, I dodge, bitch. I dodge. Oh, my God. You're not supposed to do that. You're old. Because you said right. that at that age. Yeah. And now I'm like 46, you know, almost 47. I'm like, um, no, I'm definitely going to try to slide a dick down a throat. <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, of course, people are of people. course. It's weird. Yeah. And, and my daughter gets embarrassed and she's like grossed out by it too. It is, it's so funny to see life, you know, turn. Sure. It, it's great. I got to tell you, Madam Mike, I have enjoyed this show. Uh, I really enjoyed having to break this to listen to, you know, the Rock Bottom intro and then a much better song than Rock Bottom, although Rock Bottom rocks. Oh, I love Rock Bottom, and I love that intro. But I, but you did see what I was trying to say, though. I mean, especially because I'm I an do. album person. Like, I can't just listen to that by itself. It's like I got to listen to Swan Song after it, you know? Yeah, and that's a killer tune. But I, I knew I was going to get you because immediately I was Rock Bottom. I wasn't Hellion. I wasn't fucking in the beginning. I was like, uh, uh, is this like the the short little intro on the Kiss Unplugged? And like, now it's going to get rough. And oh, then it did. <laughs> you know? Yeah. That means Swan Song. Like, holy fuck. Dude, great album. Um, adding those three tracks really changed, uh, changes the dynamic of this The record. complexity of the album for yeah. you. Come on. That's awesome, dude. I'm so happy to Changes hear that. I'm glad you thing. liked it. I, I like, like it a little bit more now. I mean, those couple songs that I hate, I'm probably going to always hate. Yeah. But uh, well, you man. said you listened to them more than once. So, but who knows? Yeah, yeah. You know, it, it could Overall, grow on. Yeah. I mean, sometimes things grow on me. I didn't. I didn't. I haven't always loved everything the first time I heard it. You dude, know I'm I mean? still struggling with the new Iron Maiden. I want to love it, and I'm still struggling. You know, can I be honest with you? I haven't even 
listened to it yet. I've heard two songs. I just haven't taken the time to sit down and really, really listen to it, man. Me neither, because every time I start listening to what I walk the kind fuck of a struggle. away. It's, I kind of struggle, Bush. It's like, I love Maiden. I always will, but I gotta be honest, the last few years, it's just been like, it's not awful. I don't sit there and go, well, this just fucking sucks. No, it's just, it's... But ugh. it's too long. It's too fucking, it's just, it doesn't... I don't even know if it's long. Anymore. I don't know who their producer is right now. I don't know what the fuck's going on with they me. They need to get somebody like Andy's fucking sneak, man. But I, have, shit, I actually liked Book of Souls. Did I like all of it? No. No, I'd there's a, some tracks on I'd Book of Souls I like. There are some and tracks And I don't on mind I like, long... But... I, I don't mind long, epic Maiden songs. If everybody's make, everybody's if mad. Oh, they're doing long songs. Oh, I'm if sorry. Holds, if it holds my interest, dude, but I gotta exactly. be blind. A lot of their shit today, like, come on, dude. Rhyme the Ancient Mariner's not known as a short song. It's not like Maiden hadn't had epic long songs. They've been before. doing it for a minute. Dude, even Hallow Be Thy Name was a longer than normal Fucking song. Fucking right. Yeah. A radio song is three minutes long. That motherfucker's like six. Yeah. But now we're getting 18, 20, 22 minutes. They're, it's like, look, I don't like Rush for the same reason. Right. You know, like, I get it. You know, it's like, I don't know now the difference, though, with Russian Maiden and no disrespect to Maiden, because I think they're brilliant musicians. And I know you don't like Rush, so I'm going to, you know, but with Rush, some of the longer songs didn't bother me because they've been doing it since 1975 or 76, dude. With Maiden, (laughs) it's like. I mean, otherwise, I guess what I'm trying to say is with Rush, you know what you're going to get, dude. Yeah, Maiden's going into a... Maiden's going power metal. They've gone prog metal. They've gone more proggy in the last few years. Let's just call it for what it is. That's what I got to say is prog, not power. Prog. Yeah. You know me. I have such an issue with prog fucking I know. Prog metal. Right, right. And I want to like it, but dude, Sajutsu, I... I have not heard the whole album. Every time I try to play it, I end up walking the fuck away. I mean, and I and I heard Book of Souls. Mm-hmm. I forced myself to listen to it. Oh, I did too. I actually did a review for the website years ago on that album when it first came out because um, Walt asked me to do it. And and I got to admit, but I was very brutal. I was honest. Well, be I, honest what I liked, about I liked. your opinion, because understand it's right. your opinion. You know, right. I mean, and I, and all I of us assholes said, that talk on this mic, it's just our I, opinion. I, and I even said in the opening, I said this this review's probably going to piss some Maiden fans off, and I'm not going to apologize for that. If you can't handle somebody else's opinion, or you know, then you're a fucking pussy. It's like you know, like you could have hated this whole record, and I would have been like, okay. uh, that kind of bums me out, but hey, fuck it, you know, I'm I'm still gonna love down no matter what. Like it, sure. it shouldn't, and it shouldn't affect your opinion of the per. Like I'm not gonna sit there and go, well, Bushy's a fucking bitch because he doesn't like down or he doesn't like, you know. Fuck Just that. like Warren, I, I I came into that uh, review thinking you were gonna hate all of it. There was a couple spots that I thought you would love and you didn't. And I was like, oh, well, I was disappointed by that. But overall, I was like, you know what? He didn't shit all over this. No, and, it's because music is music. It's all subjective, pathetically and, 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 subjective. And, right, right, right. Nick the dick, <laughs> suck my that. Nick the dick. Right. But the, but the fact is, you know, it, it's all subjective. We like mm-hmm. what we like, but every once in a while we get glimpses of something that might be, if it's not great, it's really, really good. 
Right. And, and here's the thing is, is I also made an effort to go, OK, I'm going to try to be as open minded about this as I possibly can. Right. So much so that I did go back because I thought, well, hey, it's been a long time since I've listened to Warrant. Maybe I should give him another chance, you know, because your your taste change. You get older, you get a little wiser sometimes and you, sure. you you'll, you'll, you know, and I did. And I got to be honest with Mona, I'm like, eh, I did like Uncle Tom's Cabin. I'm like, that's a fucking cool song. And it, it, that was a good song. So I'm yeah. like, okay, okay. And then when I listened to this album, um, yeah, I mean, like, I loved Hole in the Wall. And there was a few other songs I really, really liked. I'm like, hey, I, I like this. I had to be, I'm not, you know, I'll, I'm never going to put on airs or pretend I don't like something. If I like it, I like it. I don't give a fuck, fuck who sings the song or who does. Even if it's an artist I'm not a fan of, I'll be like, oh, that's a good song, though. You know what I'm saying? See, like, I'm I'm the same way. I'm not going to suck your dick just because you love this band either. It it just so happens that this is a now admittedly a different genre or subgenre. So yeah. And and you kind of played on my oh this dude does like metal though. It it worked. I mean, there's a couple tracks I take right the fuck out. We can still condense this down to a ten song album. <laughs> <laughs> we can get okay. rid of two or three, but no, I I, I thought it was really great. I really, well, I'm, I'm really overall, glad I enjoyed it. I, and that's you know, cool, man. I'm I mean, pleasantly I'm hoping, surprised. I'm hoping, and 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 that's what's cool, man. Like I I I could tell you got really thrilled, like when when I, because the first song was like, oh okay, not bad. I'm talking, you know, Warren, and then yeah. when I said. With Hole in the Wall, we have a fucking winner here, ladies and gentlemen. And you were just like, I could just see you, even though I couldn't see you. Because when we record this, we don't do the visual part of our Skype right. calls. Because it drags the, um, what is it? It drags the... Um, drags the bandwidth down. And there you go. We're not big enough for all that yet. When we get yeah. big enough, we'll give you our lovely fucking faces. Whoa. Okay, right. you that's, dirty that's, bitches. That's right. And um, um, but when I when I said that, I could just see you on the other side going, yes, you know, like I could just feel your enthusiasm that you were like, fuck yeah, man. Well, I was you know? so upset you didn't dig Machine Gun. I was like, what, what, what? <laughs> but hold on my wall. I was like, you know what? That makes sense. What I was upset about on that review is like, really, that's the hit. You dirty fuck. You like the hit. <laughs> Uh, yeah um but again i gotta i gotta be honest with you man and and i'm gonna look back on my notes did i hate machine gun or was i just kind of like uh i think you were just more negative than positive oh but i did say some positive stuff though um, you did because i compared it to uncle tom's cabin so that can't be too bad right and i just say it's like there are other stuff but with steroids heading in the right direction uh, but then I said, but kind of your typical glam metal, cock rock, whatever track you want to call it at the time, but with better production. So I, I gave it its due, but yeah, but man, Hole in the Wall, I was just like, fuck yeah, man. Dude, Hole in the Wall, April 2031. Dude, that's such a good fucking record. Yeah. Uh, that's one of those I'll st- You know when they say, what hill are you going to die on? Dog eat dog. Mm-hmm. That's the hill I'll and, die and, on. And, and here's the thing I also want to point out that I give, I got to give them credit for is this was at a time where yes, grunge and all that shit was taken over. It was like a changing the guard, whatever the fuck you want to call it, you know, but at the same time, dirt hadn't even come out yet. Now you could say that maybe Janie was listening to like Allison chains and that influenced him on this record, or maybe Maybe, he was just kind of going in that direction anyway. 
it would I would love to ask him that. He's no longer with us though, unfortunately. So it's like, but I I am kind of curious. Like, well, was this just the natural evolution of Warrant? Were they going to go in this direction, regardless of what was going on, or were they, or, or was there outside influences? I would really like to know, honestly. Um, well, that's that's much like that would be me a good because... question to ask Michael Wagner, man. Uh, we'll have right. these desperate guys to ask him, maybe. Maybe he could shine some light on that because I think they may have done a albums unleash with him. Don't hold me to that. On this album? On on Dog Eat Dog. I think huh. I'll have to look that up. Don't hold me to that. Okay, I, but I will I, I will I will check. But because if, if so, now I've listened to But it's much like down. Um, you know, I discovered Pantera well after ninety five because I wasn't listening to a lot of metal. I was listening to the metal that I love. And then I was switching over to country music because I was getting my dick sucked a lot by girls that like country music and Garth Brooks fucking. Oh, rocks. them girls, them girls love their country music, man. You know, a lot of ladies know love the country music, so yeah. But uh, you know, I just wasn't listening to it. So when I discovered Slipknot and fucking um, uh, uh, Cold Chamber and Dope, uh-huh. that's when I discovered fucking Pantera. And mm-hmm. they had already been out for a while, so I had to yeah. go backwards. Because I the, the first thing by Pantera I'd ever heard was This Love. Well, that's off their second album. But we're talking, this is 97, 98. They'd been out for a minute. Obviously, oh, because yeah. Down's already fucking releasing music. I didn't even know. See, I thought Down came out after the Pantera breakup. No. This is how behind the times I was. Right. You know what I mean? I mean, I remember when, what was it, Reinventing the Steel, when Phil Anselmo came out with fucking long hair. I was like, oh my God, he's a badass now. He's metal. Because they always had that fucking short hair, almost like a fucking skinhead look. Well, well in the, uh, if you look at the videos in the early days of Cowboys from Hell, he had long hair, but it was like a mohawk. It was like, but super long. It was like all the way down to his ass. So was, the side of his head was shaved, but he had that long okay. fucking mohawk. I, that I, was I, never, I never saw Big those videos. Of, uh, power. Oh, you can watch them on um, uh, uh I'm talking YouTube. about back then. Right, now. and then and then oh, you got know. and then and then vulgar display is when he shaved his head. Um, I didn't mind him shaving his head. I still thought he looked like, like a. To me, Phil looked badass whether he had long hair or short hair. I mean, you want to talk about a band that, and I know what I'm talking about here because I've seen them live. Uh, to me, they were to the '90s <laughs> what Van Halen and Sabbath was to the '70s, and what I mean by that is, especially more so in some ways, Van Halen because you had the two brothers. Right. That were phenomenal musicians at their, you know, guitar and, and drums. And then, and then you had the the bass player who is kind of the unsung hero of the band, but kept down, you know, kept the low end of the every. And then you had that larger than life front man that, um, you know, which I mean, again, you can make on the comparisons to Sabbath, but the difference is, is why the Van Halen thing makes sense is because again, brothers. You had brothers that, you know. And I mean, Pantera were fucking huge, and they were one of the best live out bands I have ever seen. I can't attest to the original Van Halen. I didn't get to see them, you know. But I, I can only go by what I've been told, right? You know, and what I've been told is they were, and I've seen film footage of them live, and they were fucking sure. phenomenal. But um, but to actually be there, but Pantera, man, I mean, 
Jesus Christ, dude, they were a force of nature. It's the only way I can describe it, Bushy. I mean, they were they as... were flying the flag for metal in a time where I had turned my back on metal and and God the bands they took them on the road it. with them was heavy bands like fucking yes. some of it was shit like fucking Slayer and Morbid Angel and Prawn and Sepultura and every band they took on the road for with them. Crowbar. That's how I saw Crowbar the first time was with Pantera. I mean. Dude. Well, well, God love you because you live next to a big city. I got a question for you. Uh, yes, sir. I was lucky. Diamond Dave announces his retirement. Mm-hmm. How do you feel about that? Um, honestly, he's going to do fine. what four or five more shows in Vegas to finish off his. Residency. Right, and there's also there's a rumor that Alex might be part of that. There's kind of this rumor going around about that. I don't know if it's true or not, but that would be kind of interesting if it did. Look, I love Dave. Um, I love Van Halen. Um, it's time, though. I mean, I, Dave isn't – I mean, let's be honest, man. Like, he has his good nights and he has his bad nights, but he hasn't been – he's not the front man and the singer that he was – in his prime i mean you know sure. and i'm not putting him down when i no, say like some people we're not think, people you get older man we're right you know and there's some guys clint like eastwood when, isn't doing fucking dirty harry movies right now he's doing cry macho right right which is a weird name i'm like how do you cry macho it's kind of yeah, like cry you must cry tough huh <laughs> uh, yeah i guess so so but, uh, uh, but uh, you know what as much as i and kind of, yeah, on Cry Tough, I bet Cry Macho's an amazing movie. Because I've seen his last few movies at his age, and he's amazing. Oh, it's, dude, it's Clint, man. I yeah. don't think the man's ever made a bad film. Let's just be no, fucking he, real. No, he's doing things that are age-appropriate. I mean... Yeah, I mean, exactly. come on. When, when Diamond Dave came back to Van Halen and Tattoo come out, me and my buddies were making jokes. It's like, okay, so we can't do the jumping back spin kicks anymore. He just has bigger flags. <laughs> right, right. But at it's this no... this point in time, it's like, you know, Gene Simmons with his fucking mouth. And I love Gene, but I was kind of pissed off with him. Because if you're going to talk shit about Diamond Dave's voice, and let's be honest, live, Diamond Dave was struggling a little bit in these he later was. years. You're going to talk shit while you have a guy singing the backing tracks. Now, Gene, Gene, for whatever reason, can still sing his parts. That's he great. sure can. But really, you're going to shit all over Diamond Dave, and then Paul comes out having to defend Dave, and you have to give that shitty non-apology. Do you think, I, I guess here's my question, do you think that not only is Diamond Dave realizing that maybe, maybe his voice isn't there, because I'm sure his Vegas act, I mean, that's life, that's not high singing. He can sing in the lower registers. Mm-hmm. Do we think maybe there's a uh, health issue there? Well, there's been that rumor. I mean, a lot of people feel there is. If you read what he said and the way he said it, I mean, he even made a thing like, hey, Eddie, I'm coming right behind you. It kind of makes you wonder is, 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 I mean, obviously Dave's up in years. So let's be, sure. even with a, a guy like me. And again, I don't mean to sound morbid when I say this, but it's something that I became very cognizant of when I turned 50 last year is that, whoa, you know, the years ahead are fewer than the ones uh, behind. A lot less you know? than those behind. Yeah. Right. I, dude, and, I'm, and, and I'm, I'm just I'm, about to turn 47 and I'm looking at the same thing. 
And I abused the fuck out of my body. You've seen that firsthand. Yeah. So it's, and it's the same with me. It's like, well, fuck man. Like, am I, but it's the same. That's one of the reasons why I do some of the things I do as far as like, you know, in a few weeks, I'm going to go on a road trip with my childhood friend, Brian Honecker. Um, and we're going to go see uh, Black Label Society with Obituary and Prawn, which I'm like, wow, any one of those three that bands could, could be a headliner, you know? And, and it's funny because I'm not really that big on death metal, but I love Obituary. That's like my death metal band besides Entombed, you know? Because, yes, they have aggressive vocals, but at least I can understand what Donald Tardy is fucking saying, I, you know? Dude, and the riffs you don't, awesome. you don't have to explain yourself. I'd right. go just for Black Label Society. Right, and that's what I'm saying. But then you got prong as well, so I'm like, holy fuck, man! Like now, prong, they, oh, snap your finger, snap your neck. Yes, sir. Yes, that's sir. That's all that, I know by that band. Yeah, literally. That, that is a very underrated band. Maybe that's a band we could maybe do uh, uh, an uncovered gem on because they've got a lot of good records. Prong is a very underrated band. Tommy Victor, a very underrated guitar player. Um, for whatever reason, Prom was just one of those bands that kind of got marginalized, like some bands do, and I don't really understand why. I I think Prom are great. Um, they've been around for a long time. They're still doing it. Plus, he plays guitar for Ministry and Danzig, which I'm not a Danzig fan, but yeah, uh, Tommy Victor and a really really nice guy, man. I've met the guy personally. This is a few this times. is what I think we should do. The Primer 55 album with Josh Toomey. Nobody's heard that. Hmm. Which, uh, now see, I've got a Primer 55 album. <laughs> is he, was, was it, <laughs> I was, was he on an album? I, I don't, I don't know. <laughs> it was just a cheap shot at that fucker. Cause I'm still mad he gets to talk to all these fucking great celebrities and rock stars. Dirty fuck. <laughs> I, I did meet your parents, uh, uh, Josh. I met your dad out there at um, Rocket Pod 2021. Well, he was it, it, such a sweet guy. And uh, I'm glad we actually got to talk to each other this time because you weren't at the last Rocket Pod Metal Mike. And me and Josh sat across from each other. But I kind of had a. Uh, like I was sitting next to the Pod Kings, the guys that are responsible for the first two Rocket Pod. Yeah, they funded that motherfucker. You know, and, that, and that's what Sinzak always does is puts me next to Rock and Metal Combat Podcast. I mean, mm-hmm. God love you. And, but I was and, sitting and, right across the way from fucking Josh Toomey. We never talked to each other. We never shook hands, nothing. We just looked at each other. And Josh found out that, dude, I'm a new metal fan. <laughs> He's like, dude, he sat across from me. He never said hello to me. But you know what? I never said hi to him either, so... <laughs> So we actually got to actually formally meet, and, I, and dude, Bushy being Bushy, he's like, so are we going to keep playing this fucking game, or are we going to actually talk to each other, motherfucker? <laughs> you know, because that's just how I am. <laughs> right, right. And we got to say our hellos and stuff, but I did get to hang out with his dad a little bit, and I, dude, I think that's pretty fucking pimp. His parents are following him doing his thing. That's awesome. No, I yeah. think Josh is a really nice guy. Um, They're probably paying a bill while I got to pay my own. Well, the first, yeah, the first year, uh, which for me was 2018, um, I seen Josh. I saw him out and about. I didn't really get a chance to talk to him. Uh, but this time around, I made sure to shake his hand and, you know, tell him, hey, man, I really like your podcast, you know. And he was like, thanks, Metal Mike. And he he knew who I was. So I'm nice. like, well, fuck, that's something, you know. So yeah, yeah. 
Uh, really nice guy, though. Well, what he was doing, Diablo Podcastica one night, I was fucking in the chat room, and I was just talking shit. He was like, holy fuck, Bushy, how the fuck do we not talk to each other? He likes all yeah. his stuff. Like, well, dude, because, I mean, you were in a band doing a podcast now. To me, yeah. that's a different level. All of oh, us are yeah. fans, you know? Yeah. But, oh, and, 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 you have and, a you have a leg in the industry so maybe to me that's a little bit different, but I, I was glad I got to talk to him a little bit, and I hope we get to continue that relationship a little bit more. Okay, well I'm doing a little research on Primer Fifty Five. Now I've got one of their albums. The album I got's their second and their last release. Uh, I don't new know re- shit except I get loose. The new release. That's all uh, I know by that band. I ain't gonna lie. And what's uh, these fuckers job as I get loose? And uh, I, <laughs> I, I, I like that jam. record. Uh, my stepdaughter, when she went through my music collection, really um, gravitated to Primer 55. And that had been quite a few years after the album came out in 2001. I bought it when I seen them live uh, opening for Soulfly, you know, Max Cavalier's band. So yeah, yeah. I went and bought the record, or the CD was there. I bought it, liked it. Concrete and, uh, Corner for me, that's how I know Primer 55. And, and the album, um, but uh, from what I can see, Josh did not perform on the album's. But he was part of the band, so it looks like, you know, he was more of a, um, I guess, hired gun. Like, he was a member, but I don't think he recorded anything with them. But it says right here that he was uh, a member. Let's see here. Oh, Rob Caggiano did the mixing of that album, and he's the guitar. Well, it's the guitarist in Anthrax, and now he's in with, uh, I think he's in uh, Volpe. I don't give a fuck about that. We're talking about Josh. Hold on a minute, bro. I'm fucking working on it. All right. God damn it. Where the fuck is he? I know I saw his. Okay. Joshua Toomey, bass from 2003, and then he wasn't. And then it was in 2003, comma, 2007 to 2010. So he was. Nice. Yeah. Um, but he's a touring musician, and I knew he's with the band. And it was like, for whatever reason, that was on a different level. You know well, sure, I mean? sure, sure. I mean, and he's a guy now, who's made now this time, and those connections have paid off because oh, he knows a that. lot of those guys personally. So, yeah, you know. And, but and, no, it, it was great because this time, my third time there, my second time there as a podcaster, I was like, oh, no, motherfucker, we're going to talk. So, we just did this great review, Uncovered Gems, Down Nola, uh, Bushy Recommends. He actually recommends. There's a awesome. couple songs. A uh, couple songs you can skip. But we gotta get out of here, man. I do. I have to get up in the morning. I still I have to, to go to Virginia for a funeral. Yeah. So, Metal Mike, do you have anything to promote? There's a band I saw that opened for the Dead Daisy. And they are called the Black Moods. If you like 70s hard rock, um, you know, slash heavy metal, more hard rock, like, you know, in the vein of like Aerosmith and that kind of thing, you definitely need to check this band out. They have three releases. I went ahead and bought them all. Uh, There's Sunshine, there's the self-titled album, and then there's Medicine. Really, really cool band. Uh, Really dig their stuff. I highly recommend them. Go to their band camp and check them out, man. That's my uh, plug for the week. Outstanding, outstanding. And I just want to re-plug those shows that have helped me through this rough time while I was standing behind 
boring ass machines because yes, absolutely oh I, and, and, I, I do and i don't want to interrupt dude but i do want to mention something real quick before we go, go ken ahead. mills was sweet enough to reach out to me on my birthday and wished me happy birthday and then he even did a rendition of the beatles birthday song sent that to me and we were talking and i said hey man you know uh we need to have you on the the plug sometime or or maybe do a crossover or whatever and he said well hey man let's set something up so i told him i would talk to you about it so that's something we kind of need to do uh here pretty soon figure out a cool topic or whatever have ken come on man uh, have the Podfather make an appearance i am more than happy to have ken on he was on a couple years ago uh with some different co-hosts and uh we did a great christmas episode christmas music episode I'll have Ken back anytime. I love that guy. All right, so we got. I'll, I'll try to come up with a cool topic, and um, uh, and see what we can do, man. Hell yeah, hell yeah. Uh, I just want to plug those podcasts that have helped me through uh, the last work week and get me through the weekend and such. The Talk to Me podcast. So this is in no particular order. Okay. So, so let me take Talk to Me away. It's in no particular order. Uh, the Rock and Metal Combat podcast. No, I'm kidding. Talk to me. Uh, the Decibel Geek Podcast, um, Cobras and Fire Podcast, the Freeform Rock Podcast. Man, you guys, some are big shows, some are small shows. I didn't even listen to our show, Metal Mike. But you guys have all given me a reason to smile, given me a reason to think about something other than what's going on. And I really, really appreciate it. I love you guys so much. Thank you so much. Check out those shows. Um, get them wherever you, you stream your podcasts. Metal Mike, final thoughts. Well, before I get to my final thoughts, I want to say one thing. Also, make sure you check out that metalstation.com. Make sure you check out all the amazing DJs that are part of that station. Some great shows, some great content. And uh, yeah, uh, my final thought is to keep fighting the good fight, everybody, and stay metal to your dying breath. Have a good one, guys. Hell yeah. Hold on to your loved ones. It's never guaranteed. Motherfuckers buy vinyl. We'll see you next time. Hey, this was really fun. We hope you liked it too. Seems like we've just begun when suddenly we're through. Goodbye, goodbye, good friends, goodbye. Cause now it's time to go. But hey, I say, well, that's okay. Cause we'll see you very soon, I know. Very soon, I know. What the fuck is this shit? This is how we say goodbye on The Plug. See you next week. time.
time.